0: Feature Presentation what is up, everyone? Welcome to the 8th Best Movie Podcast in Canada. I am one of your hosts, Matt Roybeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin.
1: Matt, we've been so consistent with releasing uh, new episodes of The Regular Show. Uh, who I'm are not, we? I'm not going to fault you for continually using the uh, you know 8th Best Canadian Film Podcast because... You got to hold on to something, I guess. But we're a couple of con men uh, on this episode today, Matt.
0: Hey, yeah, we're going to be talking about Comic Con. We're going to be talking about TIFF, n- another episode of TIFF Talk. Our TIFF Talk 2022. Um, Steven Spielberg's coming to TIFF, which is wild uh, the MCU announced phase five and part of phase six at, at San Diego Comic-Con yesterday uh, DC had a panel there was tons of other stuff so we're going to be talking about all of that I'll be talking about that I went rafting yesterday whitewater rafting my arms hurt so bad like you don't even know this boy doesn't doesn't exercise much and uh, man yesterday I'll show you if I can pull out oh, my phone's you oh god I'm I thought you're going to like
1: pull out your arm or your leg or something dude
0: i can barely lift my left arm uh but yes welcome to episode 127 of the untitled movie podcast we got so much to talk about i don't know where to start um i gotta take i
1: forgot to. i gotta take
0: notes i am just so excited eric how are you
1: i'm i'm good matt i did not whitewater raft actually i've done very little this weekend (laughs) i did do some rowing though uh which is kind of connected Uh, i probably
0: should start doing that so that way if i do any physical activity, I don't want to die the next day.
1: Yeah, and just a little bit. You don't have to overexert yourself either, you know, like especially if you're doing something that is more physically demanding uh, of you. But I'm sure you had a lot of fun. I saw some of your Instagram posts, including some Taco Bell. So it's nice that you were able to balance I reward, the two. I
0: re- yeah, I rewarded myself. If I can go and pull out – pull out? Um, uh, <laughs> oh. My – my um my fitness tracker thing from yesterday i um i don't even know where you find it is it activity on apple watch yeah it is okay um it's like every day is like zero
1: zero zero and then on saturday it's like what the fuck are you doing
0: it was ridiculous i went like 400 percent over my goal of like things i burned like 2500 calories because like i put on the um rafting or paddling uh thing on my apple watch and tracked the whole thing it took us uh, three and a half hours to do the whole thing of just in the water. We took a break to eat some sandwiches halfway through at like a picnic area. Got a car up, um, right? We went to Paris, Ontario uh, to a place called Glen Morris and then uh, paddled 11 kilometers in these tubes. So like you could rent different styles of boats and stuff, but these were these kind of like, imagine like a whitewater rafting tube boat thing, but just an individual version of that um i've and, seen the goofy
1: movie and a river wild i can and, i can yeah, imagine it
0: there you go um and they gave an uh like a a warning before being like oh there's uh, bad weather today there's high winds so for the first two kilometers of your of your boating or rafting um you have wind in your face and we're like oh we'll be fine We were not fine. It took us so long because, like, basically, you think it's not like a lazy river either, where you just sit in a in a tube and it floats you down because the wind was blowing in our face <laughs> we had to paddle so much just to get out of the first 2 kilometers and then you'd go in some parts where the the river was flowing better and you'd get to like okay I can chill but you still need to like steer with your paddles and kind of dodge rocks and like it it was a, it was really fun and I'm glad that we did it uh, it was for like a delayed nevis's birthday uh a uh, gift like she loves doing like outdoor activities and stuff like that um I love that everyone came to this episode to hear us talk about, like, Marvel and and, and Steven Spielberg when I'm talking about my river rafting. I would not be um, surprised
1: if some of the, the Marvel actors got into shape by whitewater rafting, though.
0: Yeah, and then uh, Nevis got stuck on rocks a lot, and I had to actually Oh, so you are in,
1: in individual... And, like,
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we, so they're like little individual, like just you sit in them and you kind of go together and you can, there are other ones you can rent that have multiple people in one. You can rent a canoe or a kayak or something like that. But we wanted to try this thing. And the lazy, um,
1: the lazy, uh, tube thing makes a lot more sense. Yeah, there.
0: kind of. Yeah. And, and, but it was not lazy. Like no. it was, Nevis got stuck in rocks and I had to jump out of my boat to go like rescue her a few times. And like, um, there were some rapids where I'm I just like, this is, this is more intense than I thought it was going to be, but it was like rewarding. So I burned like over 2000 calories during this thing. And then Nevis and I, even before we got in, we're like, Ooh, let's stop at Taco Bell after this. Like we earned it, you know? Like what did you have to drink? Taco Bell. Did, did dude, you have- I, had a ba- I had a Baja Mountain Blast Mountain freeze. Freeze, a slushy version, Eric. It was fucking great. And they have like, you know how McDonald's has like dollar drink days. They have like that going on too. Or you could get one of these Baja Blast freezies for like a dollar thirty. But I got it with my combo. So I crushed a, three Doritos Locos Tacos, a Fry Supreme, and a Baja Blast Freezy, and it was so satisfying. So the great thing about something I should do more often is not have something for a while instead of having it all the time, because when you have it all the time, it starts to just become regular, and you're like, it's not special. It still tastes fine. It tastes good or whatever. And it's not healthy for you. Sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And then, but Mm -hmm. I haven't had Taco Bell in so long because where we live in Etobicoke right now, it's kind of like a dead zone for like for taco bell like toronto Toronto itself like taco bell seems more of like a suburban thing like so does wendy's right like wendy's and
1: taco bell are like the two places like in toronto that there are a couple
0: of them but but like a lot of them close the taco bells and stuff like that so like um it is more of a suburban thing. And in Etobicoke, I guess we could drive to one, but it would be like 20 minutes away and I can't like Uber eats it or anything. So I haven't had it. I've had it maybe once since we moved here, which has been almost a year. So I've only had Taco Bell like once in a year and or twice. And um, so yesterday was so satisfying because I haven't had it in so long. And uh, the Baja Blast Freeze, I'm like, put a little vodka in that. That is... A summer drink my friends so anyways river rafting uh my arm i could barely lift my arm this morning it, that's how sore i am like my left arm like this is as much as i can kind of like i don't know if i'm even on camera I can't but you
1: know what it's it's good for you and it reminds you that you need to sometimes be active it, it, it your body's in shock obviously but in the next few days you will feel better and you'll have some tone and definition uh in in my your muscles you know be like fucking yeah. jacked now
0: um, so that's what I did yesterday. You'll be a member um, of
1: NWO in no time.
0: Um, good segue. I was going to go into the rehearsal, but you haven't watched it yet. So no, maybe we'll no, save no. that. And it's a continuation episode. So it's probably better to maybe even just wait till next week and and, and see it. Um, that yeah, and we could talk anything, about maybe
1: two episodes then.
0: That doesn't spoil anything. But I'm just surprised that it seems to have a continuing thread throughout them. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, oh, this is not – this show keeps – evolving and it's like it is not what i expected at all but it is still hilarious and i still have this conversation with nevis after each episode going i don't know what is real and who is an actor and who isn't an actor but it doesn't matter to me like me and nevis disagree on that she thinks everyone in it is is real for the most part like is a real person well other I'm than the actors going, that
1: are that are hired yes to play yeah, yeah.
0: I, the ones that they tell you are actors i un, we understand yeah. but i think that everyone is an actor for the most part oh so you even like, think
1: that the the um like the people like i thought the guy from the
0: last show. week was an yeah, core. I thought every core I thought everyone I I'm in the camp of going this is Nathan Fielder's just he wants you to think it's real but he's but it's not and then I'm on that camp but then Nevis is on the other side which most people are too um, but it doesn't bother me either way I think the magic of his stuff in, in that show is like even if it's all fake or all the people are real It's funny either way. Right. And it's brilliant either way. Like, I think it's even better if they are real people. Maybe he just is great at finding the most insane people ever. And like, or he is just a mastermind of finding actors who make it believable that they are these wild people that exist in real life. Like, it could go either way for me, but uh, I think that's one of the brilliant things about Nathan Fielder and about that show is that I love that you can't really tell, and it reminds me of you know Nirvana the band, the show, and and you know other people uh, <clears throat> like that. I think they plant people, and then that's why you don't know who is an actor and who's not. But the main subject, I'm, I I could go either way, where I'm like they're either an actor who's really good at giving this kind of you know, they could be a real person performance and I never know who they're pranking in the episode. I'm like, is it the people that they bring in and they don't tell you that this person's an actor, but then these people aren't the people that she goes on a date with or brings into the situation. But there's some scenarios that are just so wild that I'm like, this can't be real. (laughs) This can't be real. I'm like, it's funny either way, but I'm like, it's just too perfect or too it's just, but it's great. It's it's so good. I can't wait for you to watch it.
1: Well, they were talking about that on Film Junk last week, and <clears throat> Jay Chiel uh, brought up actually a really good point that the casting director for the rehearsal, Jennifer um, Benedetti, um, is the same casting director for Uncut Gems. So okay. it kind of feels like she she's good at casting people that are kind of outside of like the normal casting pool. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are some actors or character actors that are brought in specifically for unspecified roles that you're not necessarily thinking like what's in sort of the simulation aspect of the show, Um which would, be I just think it's
0: all set up. The thing is like, and I don't, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And that's even thank you for bringing that up because then that reminds me of you find non-actors or you find these smaller actors that, you know, you want to get these kind of lived in real, kind of performances where they don't feel like actors and then that's how i feel throughout the whole thing but then the scenarios and the way that it's set up as a narrative throughout is like so to me scripted like written that it's hard for me to believe that these situations even the people that they bring in for these simulations and these rehearsals like i think it's all kind of set up and it's just this kind of thing from nathan fielder like a narrative that he's saying is real but it's not anyways it doesn't matter either way but i think that makes the show fascinating as you can have those conversations and like i think even for nathan for you i think um a lot of that i think involved real people but i think a lot of it would be planting people to make it seem like real people who are interacting with real real people and then that's what nirvana the band the show does as well which is like You know, a lot of the people are real that they're talking to, but then they'll put like, I even know when Nevis uh, was an extra in Nirvana, the band, right? She was an extra. Like they, they had people at the Rivoli who were sitting at tables that were extras, right? Like it's, it's meant to seem like it's real, but it's not. So it's just, and then they, they will interact with people like when they're at the library talking to random people in in Toronto and Nirvana, the band is like, yeah, that, that guy is probably real, but I bet you at times it's not because you want a certain joke or you want a certain punchline. So you bring someone in and you blur their face out and they're really someone you paid to do it, or they're an actor or your friend or something like that. It, but you just, it's so well crafted to make you believe that it's reality television um, that I think it's
1: genius. So
0: I think that sometimes
1: it's it's, it's who's in on the joke and who's not on the joke that kind of makes it more organic. Like somebody knows that somebody else who's in the scene or scenes isn't a cast member or is a cast member. And it's almost like. I I still feel that Nathan Fielder is almost doing this kind of magic act where like he's performing for everybody and what you're paying attention to is what he wants you to see, you know, but what he's distracting you from is everything else around, you know, the behind the scenes or what's kind of like going on just like right in the corner. There's Mm -hmm. something about that where like, you know, a magician's sort of main goal is to make you focus on, yeah, what is being exactly. presented, right? A
0: magi- magician is a perfect way of putting it, Eric. Like it is a, it, even going back to the editing in, in this episode as well. Like, I can't wait for you to watch it. We'll wait, yeah. I'll, I'll shut up now. I'll, we'll you do the two
1: episodes next, week, next and week and we'll talk about them more. I'm by... curious
0: if it's going to continue or if this is just a two-parter or- Or or, or maybe whatever, there's something like...
1: building to it because what you're describing is, I was thinking, okay, the first episode is going to establish what the show is about, but I was thinking it was going to be more episodic moving forward right like each it's, episode's no, like almost like a it, game show kind of thing
0: it's it is but then there's like twists within the episode where they bring in elements from the first episode and i'm like oh my god this is not what i was expecting and this is like hilarious and really it's just it's perfect it, it's so good um all right uh let's get into it i know people uh have been you know we've we've already wasted 15 minutes Uh, talking this was the good stuff um, though this is what you really come for you know like it's not what did matt do on the weekend uh and his arm is fucking killing him uh the other thing i did on the weekend is i watched a bunch of uh twitter threads (laughs) of to see what (laughs) the hell was going on at san diego comic-con so dragon ball took a
1: back seat this weekend huh i
0: did watch a little bit of dragon ball we can go into that maybe after uh the comic-con stuff Uh, But I do want to get into uh, all the news out of San Diego uh, Comic-Con this weekend. Um, So Comic-Con's back in full force, uh, in-person event. Uh, You had to either be vaccinated or show a negative COVID test. Uh, But Hall H is back, which means we had a ton of panels from DC, Marvel, uh, HBO did Game of Thrones panel. They did the Lord of the Rings panel. There's, uh, you know. Every nerdy thing back in Hall H where people got to see exclusive looks at these upcoming TV shows and movies, uh, as well as we got some public-facing stuff, uh, especially from Marvel and from DC. Uh, so I say we go right into that. The big one being Marvel Studios. We did our big prediction thing last week. Eric, uh, you're always so kind to let me just
1: talk about Marvel
0: Studios so I don't often. Care. Uh, but you're you're a good, you're a good sport. I like it, and some I know of it you too, do. and I yeah. find
1: it fascinating Well, one, you're extremely passionate about it, and you love it, but also you bring an insight to it that when, you know, I'm listening to you talk about it, it's like, oh, okay, like, I I understand where you're coming from, even though, like, you know, at this point, going into the weekend, I think a lot of people might have been a little bit burnt out on Marvel, just with so much, you know, content being released in the last year and and leading up to uh... Thor Love and Thunder, so...
0: I I, you know, I've talked about it a lot on our reviews and, and different things like that. I mean, you guys can check out our review for Thor, Love and Thunder. We talked about Miss Marvel recently. Um, there is a little bit of oversaturation, and I feel like there is a little bit of a quality dip in in phase uh four. And I think people felt like it was meandering a bit and we didn't really have you know uh we sort of had an idea of where it was going i mean some of our predictions were right some of my predictions were right of and i think everyone kind of knew where this was going to end up and those were all confirmed uh kind of yesterday and i feel like you know i've i've seen both sides of it of like there's way too much which i don't disagree with uh and then i also saw people being like oh some of the things they announced yesterday have made me more intrigued even though i fell off a bit because there's been so much like I I am excited for X, Y, or Z and I am going to go back and and catch up with phase four. Um, Yeah. I, I told, I said this, I don't know whether it was last week when we were doing our predictions or on one of our reviews, but I felt like, you know, I was at a point where I I obviously obviously still super pumped for everything that they're doing and I, I can't wait for the next Marvel MCU project and things like that. But I, there was a time when age of Ultron was coming out where I did get that Marvel fatigue where You know, I started to go, "Ah, all right, I I think I'm kind of like, this is getting the same thing over and over again, or the quality is just not quite there. Uh, I've gone back and revisited Age of Ultron and I like it actually quite a bit, but um, I'm starting to feel that a little bit here. Um, But then it's just like, okay, well, maybe you don't have to love everything or not everything needs to be for you. You can just kind of pick and choose the things that you want to watch especially in phase four, because it didn't seem like they were all connecting. I don't need everything to connect. I just need things to be fun to watch or or, or good. But um, yesterday they did kind of Kevin Feige came out. He announced uh, they had both the animation panel on Friday and then they had the live action panel uh, on Sunday. Uh, So let's go through everything. Give me Saturday it's Sunday, saturday today. yes yeah. today you were white Sorry, water rafting
1: as you were as you were doing all this so. yeah
0: i know i got home just in time we got yeah. home around like 7 p.m and the panel is at 8 p.m you're like swimming um, over to
1: nevis who's stuck on the rock we need to get back in
0: time <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> i'm like nevis you need to speed it up uh let's go through the animation stuff uh first but basically my point before was like i think that they're at an interesting spot where they aren't losing people but i feel like they did need to show like well the hype machine
1: right like they they, they need a comic con i mean because in the past few years even before the pandemic the comic con side of things was was really waning in in the sense that you know you had these specialized events being tailored more towards the companies that they were associated with, you know? So with D23, which we're still going to be talking about as well in this episode, but like you had, you know, Marvel now kind of migrating over to that and like Comic-Con felt like it was kind of reverting back to the earlier days of being, even more niche again, where it was specialized to comic book fans and cosplayers more so than the movie industry, because it's like, oh, mm-hmm. you can just announce that through a press release and say, Yeah, or
0: your own stream online or something like that, too, right? But people but then, needed
1: it because of the pandemic, I think.
0: Totally, could- and I think even in 2019, they did that big Phase 4 reveal, right? And then yeah. I think because we haven't had something like this for almost three years, and a lot of Marvel stuff got pushed, or things had to be announced in investor calls, or, or things like that, like, I feel like they needed something like this and and they needed to come out and go here's what the saga is called here's where we're leading to um and you guys can kind of start to see those threads we've left in the phase four movies and you'll see it probably even more coming up uh probably by the end of this year with wakanda forever which we'll get into but um let's start with we'll go in chronological order of what these panels uh happen so we'll quickly go through the animation stuff so uh on friday they did a marvel studios animation panel where they announced the next two years of marvel animated projects uh so we are getting i am groot in like a couple weeks which is five original shorts that will probably be between five and ten minutes each uh they showed a, a cute trailer it's just fully cg but it looks like the cg you would get from groot and guardians um each one are kind of like Groot as baby Groot. So they're kind of kid centric things. The the one that they showed the audience was Groot takes a bath and it had Rocket in it as Bradley Cooper and everything. So like there's definitely wild that you're getting things like this that like I think are meant for younger kids, but people who are, you know, big MCU people will watch it. And um, I'm definitely can't say that I'm like excited for it, but like I'll watch them if they're three to five or three to 10 minutes each and you know, just group going around to different little planets and and messing with things like I love, the trailer they showed was cute but um you know it's it's cool that they're doing different things i guess that's what
1: well it's trying to win back the people that want to use uh groot as uh fire yeah
0: yeah so gotta bring that back yeah but yeah
1: i mean this happens a lot with the pixar stuff as well right like Dug days and like the forky thing like so why not i mean that's kind of where the the money-making machine of of marvel studios and disney kind of comes into play where this truly does feel like it is capitalizing on the cuteness factor of Groot and also Rocket in general kind of being two of the standouts within that ensemble cast of
0: Guardians yeah and we'll get more to Rocket uh soon um so there's I am Groot coming in a couple weeks uh we get uh what if season two is coming early 2023 uh they announced uh some of the episodes there's going to be a hella episode i think there's going to be uh i think it was like odin versus um the mandarin um uh there was a couple other ones too that sounded kind of interesting i don't have everything up here because a lot of it was like exclusive to the panel um captain carter's coming back um There's going like so I'm I didn't love the first season of what if but I do love the concept of what if so I'm hoping learning from the first season um, that they can do some cool stuff with season two so I'm obviously um, very down for it um, but we're getting that early 2023 Um, the other thing that they focused on was Spider-Man freshman year which I'm super super excited for I love Spider-Man animated shows um and this originally we thought was going to be like mcu 616 uh spider-man origin story um that's not the case it definitely looks like it's going to be either a spin-off of what if uh or it's going to be just a it's completely own thing in part of the multiverse so the other spoilers we're going to talk about, you probably already know this. It's called the multiverse saga, what we're going through right now. So you're seeing a lot of these projects like what if like Spider-Man freshman year, and we'll get into other stuff that are multiverse projects. So Spider-Man freshman year takes place as Peter is a, is a freshman in high school before he, you know, uh, met Tony Stark and, and got his suit there and went to civil war and stuff like that, where the, what if in this situation is what if, uh Norman Osborne was Peter's mentor instead of Tony Stark. So there's like a image that they showed is that exact scene where Tony shows up and is sitting with Aunt May in Civil War. Um but it's actually Norman Osborne. The art style is awesome. Uh they showed villain designs for like Doc Ock and Scorpion and and Uh, uh, and and tons of other people Uh, and I just I'm loving the design of this they had like other characters that haven't like Harry Osborn and uh, and Amadeus Cho which is I think uh, one of the Hulk characters in the comics like a young Hulk uh, and things like that so characters that are definitely not in the MCU uh, yet or Peter never met so it's very clearly a multiverse story but uh, I'm all for this What about you, Eric?
1: Yeah, I I think going back to What If as well, I think like the importance of consistency because the one thing that we were, I think, most critical of of, of that show was that being an anthology series, you know, you're not always going to hit it out of the park. So you have to make sure that you get as many home runs as possible. Like the more kind of mediocre to middling to bad episodes you get, the more it kind of drags down the series as a whole so you know nobody's gonna have a hundred percent and we'll be talking a hundred percent a lot in vengeance uh <laughs> with that review coming up um but if they can get to you know like how many episodes are are gonna did, did they announce how many episodes are gonna be in what if season two? Oh, probably
0: the same right i don't think they said but um i think what the first one was what nine ten
1: Yeah. So if they get like six or seven episodes that are consistently well done and intriguing and not necessarily even having to connect to the rest of the series in any way, then that will be an accomplishment on itself. Because I think, to your point, the concept is interesting, you know, it being Marvel's, you know, Twilight Zone kind of show. And then with, you know, the idea of it not necessarily connecting into the live action stuff, even though there are references that people are taking, including ourselves when we saw, you know, Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness and, and just, you know, certain aspects of that, or even in Thor love and thunder, there was a reference to uh, the watcher's head in one sequence. Um, So that's there. Uh, And then going into um, Spider-Man freshman year, I like that idea. I think it's an interesting idea to continue that series and do the what if spin-off and focus it more so on one character the way that, and we'll talk about this more in a second with, with Marvel's zombies. Um, yep. So it's, it's interesting that they're taking like, okay, let, let's take an episode and actually expand upon it and make it into a series. And some will probably be better than others, but the, the Spider-Man one makes the most sense because of the canon and wealth of, of, ensemble players that are already there. And like, you know, they can play into the fan service aspects of it a little bit more where like, you know, when that first spider, when Spider-Man homecoming was, was being released, people were like, Oh, are they going to be setting up like, you know, Osborne for Mm -hmm. the next movie or, or like the ways that they kind of faltered a little bit, even in the amazing Spider-Man films and setting things up, they can play with that even now a little bit in an interesting way. So yeah, I'm I'm totally down for that. And I mean, obviously Spider-Man is, I think, both of both our, of our favorite yeah. Marvel characters. And and and, you know, even going back recently to the nineties animated series, like there are certain aspects that don't hold up in terms of some of the animation and the dubbing and what have you, but there's a lot there that is still, you know, worthwhile kind of revisiting. Mm-hmm. So if if they're going to start launching these animated individual series spider-man is i think the best one to kick it off yeah it
0: is it's all, spider-man animated series have always been great and i think why they're able to do this is because marvel still owns the animated rights to spider-man if i'm correct like that's why i i because i think some people were confused of like how they could do this without sony's permission right and then uh or sony not really being involved and i think marvel studios has always owned the animated rights to spider-man so i think that this is a very smart way of and they probably can't use any of the movie elements uh of spider-man so i think this actually being a multiverse thing and being like well it's peter parker uh and it's The same Peter Parker, but one aspect changed in his universe where Tony Stark wasn't his mentor. It was Norman Osborn. And then you can use characters like other ones. They had Lonnie Lincoln, Harry Osborn, Amadeus Cho, Nico uh, Minuro from The Runaways. Uh, Daredevil is going to be in the series, uh, voiced by Charlie Cox. So... Charlie Cox is back in a big A lot way. of Cox um, in this,
1: in this weekend, you know, <laughs> There
0: are tons of Cox. Um, so that I'm so pumped for it. And I think the art style is what's really selling me. Like it, I just really, really love the designs of all these characters and like the suits and, Um, and I'm just, I'm really, really pumped for that. Well, that's Uh, the thing as
1: well. It has to, it's now also competing against Spider-Verse. So they have to bring their A game with the animation style and, and maybe not, you know, overtake it or usurp it, but at the same time kind of be, you know, competing with it. So it's, it's, that's also important as well to, to, I think, to know. Yeah.
0: And and that's a good point too. I think when I meant the animation rights, I think it's the TV animation rights. So that's why Spider-Verse can be Sony and a, a movie. So it's complicated, but exciting either way. Will we get um, Morbius? We'll see. <laughs> um, so yeah, what if we mentioned uh, the first episode that they showed some footage from was... Uh, Black Widow, Captain Carter and a Hydra Stomper Steve in uh going through the 60s or or something like that so hella, it's basically it?
1: like x-men first class but with the marvel yeah characters.
0: uh hella isn't it yondu young peter parker ego uh, Shang chi valkyrie korg tony Stark, gamora this is in the footage that they showed. there's a race scene on sakar with valkyrie i think there's an episode with sakar and tony if he was on sakar instead of uh um oh god we're gonna uh, get that voice actor
1: again <laughs> you that's saw true first, <laughs> yeah right. yeah
0: hopefully some of them are better red guardians in it's thanos is in the episodes again uh uh, Bucky uh, Odin fights off the 10 rings. So there's a a lot of different stuff in there. So uh, and then they showed some stuff from Marvel Zombies. So Marvel Zombies being a spinoff, like Eric mentioned, of What If? It's not confirmed that the Spider-Man uh, show is a spinoff from What If? But I wouldn't be surprised if there was an episode in season two that
1: is that and then it spins off from there or just the um, concept in general like we're kind of we're we're we're, yeah. we're oversimplifying it but like sure, just yeah. the idea it's like okay like it's it's similar in its creation that it's in its, its own thing right
0: that one element changed and now there's this different
1: universe yeah. of, of peter parker
0: yeah um so they showed uh some of the characters that are going to be zombies in the show which are abomination uh hawkeye ghost captain america captain marvel scarlet witch okoye uh the heroes featured in it that aren't zombies, Yelena, uh Katie, uh Kate Katie from Shang Chi, Kate Bishop, Jimmy Woo, Death Dealer, Shang-Chi, and Kamala Khan. All your um, favorites,
1: Death uh, Dealer. I- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean I think it's cool man. That's what I liked about that Marvel Zombies episode of What If was that there was a weird group of Avengers that you didn't you hadn't seen together, right? Like right. so I think that is kind of cool and the other thing that they confirmed uh is that it's going to be TVMA. So uh with the addition of Logan and Deadpool on Disney Plus, which are the first R-rated movies that they've added to Disney Plus. Um oh this so they're only be...
1: they're on disney plus but like like, yeah. like disney disney
0: plus okay. yeah in the u.s and then uh, this is going to be TVMA, so it's the first marvel studios like mature thing and they're not going to shy away from uh the gore and other things that uh, made the uh the comic book uh so great they talked about uh also you'll have icarus from the eternals as a zombie great. uh uh not as and then a scroll biker gang they <laughs> mentioned too so um i i think it's cool I, I like the tvma thing that they're committing to that that shows that they are willing to go to that r rating on on certain things if it makes sense um so that's really cool and well it's probably
1: uh, preempting something like deadpool 3 which yeah. wasn't announced will probably be announced at d23, d23 yeah Um, because I think like there will be a lot of mutant adjacent stuff. I mean, we'll get into that speculation later, but it does feel like, as you mentioned with, with those previous films being available on Disney plus and not, you know, their, their sister streamer sites and and things like that, that kind of does show that it's like, okay, you know, we might not really dip into this Deadpool often, but if we do, you know, there's going to be a precedent for it.
0: If it makes sense, they will do it, which is cool. Yeah. They won't, like, water something down just because they're Disney, which is a good thing. And then finally, we got a uh, a look at X-Men 97, uh, which is also not coming until 2023, fall 2023. I don't know if I mentioned, but Spider-Man uh, isn't coming until 2024, so quite some time away. But X-Men 97 coming in fall 2023. Uh, 23. Um, kind of, it's a continuation right from the end of X Men, uh, the '90s series. So, um, it's basically all the voice actors are coming back if they're uh, alive, uh, or not problematic. Um, so I think like the Jubilee voice actor is actually going to be played by. Um, an asian woman now instead of uh not being yeah and we uh, yeah when
1: you say problematic it, it, sometimes it's not the actor's fault it's no 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 it's not because the casting, of casting. Of the time. Yeah. that's what
0: i mean yeah yeah i don't want to uh thank you for that clarification uh so yeah you get rogue beast gambit jean gray wolverine storm jubilee cyclops um uh morph, Meg- Meg- morph is coming back <laughs> yeah uh you got rogue gambit wolverine cyclops jean gray beast cable bishop forge morph Nightcrawler, uh, Sunspot, uh, Magneto is going to be the leader of the X-Men. Uh, uh, Sin- uh, Mr. Sinister, is that what his name is? Yep. Mr. Sinister is coming back too. Um, so it's going to be cool to see this show in HD widescreen, but with the same kind of sort of animation
1: look and stuff. They showed an image, which looks really cool. Uh, very, like That's going to be interesting as well, because that show crossed over with the Spider-Man series because a lot of those characters were on spider-man and spider-man was on a couple episodes. same with the
0: iron man iron man and and stuff too right that weren't very long-lived they were short-lived tv series but i'd be curious if those characters do show up that would be really cool right like i i wouldn't be surprised because like they own all the rights to those characters if those voice actors are still down like i would love if the 90s spider-man made an appearance or the 90s Iron Man. Doctor Stranger, 200. Fantastic Dr. Strange, yeah. Four, Hulk. Yeah.
1: You know, all those guys crossed over in uh-huh. the various forms. You know, obviously X-Men and Spider-Man were the two that – were the longest running animated series to your point where Iron Man and Fantastic Four were like and only Hulk were a, yeah. yeah were only like I think maybe like one or two yeah. seasons
0: yeah so uh, I'm pumped for this I, I would probably have to do an X Men rewatch before I jumped into this unless they'll do like a big previously on X Men And like, like they did like, with like
1: Obi Wan yeah and Obi at yeah. the beginning of that series which I'm sure
0: they will but um previously
1: on dragon ball
0: yeah exactly so um they screened a whole episode of what if uh season two um and rachel weiss is going to be in what if as well um so that was the animation panel so um, this one's
1: for you morph
0: you can tell that animation takes quite some time because um of only announcing, what, like four projects uh, over two years, right? Uh, for well, I'm surprised so.
1: that they announced the what-if stuff so quickly and that they already announced season three. And, like, w- what if season two is coming early next year in 2023? Like, that that does take time to to do. And, I mean, not just animation, but, you know, th- I, I think one of the things that you can be um, critical of in, in sort of what Marvel has been doing recently is how... They've been treating um, VFX comp- uh, companies as yeah. well in terms of how, you know, those post companies, those post production companies have been either rushed and or underpaid and um, getting, you know, certain films and television shows out by the, a certain yeah. date that's been established
0: and all those people are very passionate and they hate when you know we all come in and say the green screen looked terrible or the vfx looked terrible and they're like guys we literally like had no time to do this and we're underpaid and overworked and like yeah there's a reckoning coming for certain industries right like the video game industry has gotten a little bit better in recent years at certain studios because they've had the same problems where it was like rushed timeline you have to work insane hours there's no unions so you're kind of underpaid and stuff like that so i really do hope vfx studios unionize i think mostly everywhere should unionize because like if they are getting royally fucked by like like unfortunately by places like big studios like marvel studios and it's not just marvel studios it's any any big studio that's doing um you know, heavy special effects movies, but specifically people have been calling out Marvel of late because of their timelines and how much how many projects
1: they have out and, and how, how cheap much they, they have been like when it comes yeah. to like you should be paying these people as much as they need or as they should be like, you know, they're, they're worth because and giving giving them enough
0: time too, man. That's yeah, another part
1: of it. Marvel is one of the biggest companies in the world it, it attached to Disney. Like you think that they would be able to afford, you know, paying what the workers deserve. And like, that's yeah. the thing where it's like, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I understand. Like, and that's, and I, I think that is ultimately the biggest problem with, with the Marvel studio stuff. And maybe this panel and these panels in general is setting specific dates. Because if you set a date and you're like, okay, well, we have to be released by the date that we set. And when
0: everything connects, you can't really push one thing because everything gets pushed, right? Yeah,
1: and that (laughs) that process puts pressure on – the studio, which then the studio has to find somebody to put pressure on, which is going to be the post production people. But then when you have someone like Taika Waititi, you know, dissing the VFX in Vanity bad, Fair, yeah. you know, I know it's video. like it's supposed to
0: be like self deprecating, or they think it is, and they think it's like fun, and I don't think they meant anything of malice from it. Like, uh but it's
1: still kind of it's, it's still kind of not uh, great. Someone, compliment. I'm
0: glad I'm glad someone called them or a bunch of people called them out on that because. Uh, even though I don't think uh, he and Tessa Thompson meant anything by it other than like, Oh, let's poke fun at our own movie Um, there. I think the biggest problem is not thinking about the people who did work their ass off to try to get that done and are underpaid and did not have enough time and like things like that. Right. So even though they think they're being funny, it's kind of Taika Waititi shtick. Right. But like, it's, it's not cool. And I give, I think that goes for any industry and people know about my whole, thing about quitting my job and and how i felt and stuff like that so i'm always on the team of uh, the employer the employees not the employers so like um, <laughs> you're a corporate uh, man <laughs> yeah uh, where i'm like no unionize tell them to fuck off and you need more time and you need more money and like i don't not even that just things...
1: cooperation right cooperation yeah, I mean. yeah and compassion and consideration but if you're not seasons. getting that eric
0: then you need to tell people to yes. fuck off and oh like, absolutely that's and unionize and and show these people that like you, you band together and take your t- they should take their time with these things. Like, we even talked about oversaturation at the beginning of this. It's like maybe it's not so bad if you only have X amount of things per year and you give everyone enough time to work on these things. Yeah. Like, sure, maybe you can shoot it in a couple months or maybe it takes six months or a year, but then you're rushing these post production timelines of being like, especially when you're not shooting anything on location and you use so many special effects. So, like, and then you just give these people not enough time and not enough money to do this stuff is like I'd rather wait and, and anticipate and want these things rather than you dump them out eight projects a year and you have to spread yourself so thin and you have to use so many different post production houses that don't have enough time to do things that you know ultimately I think it doesn't I'm someone that doesn't get too caught up in the special effects unless they like really look awful like in something like um
1: Well we Axel in Thor Love and Thunder him but that I think is
0: almost intentional,
1: but I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um, Sometimes I like, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to um, be condescending or critical of the VFX team that worked on it, but like, there's just some stuff like that, that sticks out in not a way that I don't right. think is Intentional. True. I, you could say it after the fact and be like, "Oh yeah, we that was supposed to be kind of like our riff on '80s visual effects," sure. but it's like it's really it's just a bad sure. effect. I think and for me, it it some be of the green screen
0: stuff or the or the volume stuff that just doesn't work well. Like, um, but well, especially anyways. with television,
1: right? Because television yeah. is is even more on a deadline or rushed out yeah. quicker because you know you have something like She Hulk coming up, and that's another show that's been criticized without anybody actually having watched it just based on not the newest trailer, but the trailers that we, or the, the, the promo stuff that we've seen before where it's like, okay, television and film are also still separate in that television, television has less time to, you know, go through post-production. So you can, you can see it more. It's even more rushed.
0: yeah. Yeah. And the budgets are lower too, right? Or it's spread out over, uh, nine episodes or six episodes, right? Instead of just a two and a half hour movie that has probably a higher budget per minute, right? Like the budgets might be similar. Like you still might be spending $200 million, 150 to 250 on these Marvel projects, but one is two and a half hours. So that budget is condensed into that versus a budget that's spread out over nine hours, right? Or nine 45 minute episodes and things like that. But that's a good segue, Eric. So let's go into the main hall H uh, Saturday Marvel studios kind of panels. So Kevin Feige comes out and announces, um, basically that phase four is over or will be over by the end of the year. With and they black
1: Panther, Wakanda yeah. forever.
0: So Wakanda forever will be the final movie in phase four. And then that will lead into, um, uh, phase five, which begins with Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, quantum
1: mania um which i'm disappointed with because i kind of wanted that movie to be the end of phase four because there's the sal bass film from the 1970s called phase four which is about intelligent ants that are killing off the rest of human society yeah
0: you have to be the only person who's going to connect that and make those uh which i love which i love um So I'm going to pull up the phase five. Um, So Kevin Feige comes out and announces basically the lineup for uh, phase five, which is, uh, let me pull this up, open a new window. That's not... Okay. This is the exciting
1: okay. stuff. I, I I have some of it up here uh, right now. I have it.
0: So okay, uh, basically February 17th, 2023, we are getting Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania to kick off Phase 5. Then Spring 2023, we are getting Secret Invasion on Disney Plus with a new logo. On uh, then on May 5th, uh, 2023, we are getting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, and then Summer 2023, we are getting Echo on Disney Plus. Then Summer 2023, we are also getting Loki season two on Disney plus and then July 2023 we are getting the Marvels in theaters and then November 3rd uh, 2023 we are getting Marvel Studios Blade then fall 2023 we are getting Ironheart on Disney plus winter 2023 2024 so probably uh, late December going into January we are getting Agatha Coven of Chaos, so they've changed the name. It was Agatha House of Harkness. Uh, I think Coven of Chaos is a better name. Uh, spring 2024, we are getting 18 episodes of Daredevil Born Again on Disney+. Uh, and then May third 2024 we are getting captain america new world order uh, and then to end phase five we are getting marvel studios thunderbolts on july 28th uh 2024 um pretty wild for a year and a half uh that's a uh, lot that, that's a lot marvel. in a in a year and a half uh yeah. or is it a full year um no year and a half, February, 2023 to July, 2024. Uh, so you're getting one, two, three, four, five, six, twelve 12 projects, uh, in a year and a half, uh, which is a lot, Yeah. <laughs> um, which I'm not against, but also you just got to make sure that quality is there in each one of these things. So, um, well, the we'll Daredevil
1: go into- one I think is the most interesting, and in, in, just to quickly before we get into the the, phase. let's go into all of it. We can jump into whatever.
0: Like, let's talk about this stuff first. They did individual presentations on some of these things, but as we talk about whatever we want to talk about, Eric, you can jump in with Daredevil first. Um, we'll talk about what they did in the individual kind of things as well.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say with Daredevil Born Again, um, obviously they're revamping that series and bringing back both Charlie Cox and. Vincent D'Onofrio, who have already appeared uh, in the MCU and are going to pop up again with Echo and, and She-Hulk. But there, it's just interesting that it's, like, usually there's six to eight episodes. And when I initially saw that, I thought, okay, like, or are they going to do 18 episodes spread out over multiple seasons? Yeah. Or are, are they going to do, like, 18 episodes for one whole season?
0: I think it'll probably be two nine-episode parts. That's my guess. Yeah. Uh, I think it's 18 episodes total for daredevil born again. And I think it'll be spread out, but it says spring 2024. So it's not like it's part one in spring 2024 and then part two, you're getting later, but uh, yeah, I mean, maybe that it's just is a lot episodes, on its
1: own. Like that's, that's so which much. is
0: longer than the Netflix uh, things. And like, I think that's both cool and too much. Um, I think it's cool because I think one of the big criticisms of these Marvel shows is that they've felt rushed at times and they, they haven't had time to breathe or really develop characters and relationships and stuff like that. And, and plot points and things like that. So I'm not against longer ish seasons, but 18 episodes is getting to that point where that's, you know, we always said like the, remember when we used to get 24 episodes uh, or 22 episodes, 24 episodes of 24. Yeah. And lost was always 22 episodes until the later seasons and stuff like that. Like if you had a, a season of television, it was always 20 plus episodes. Right. And then we got to the streaming era and the HBO era and things like that. That's where the episode season started to go between, you know, 10 and 13 Netflix and stuff like that. And,
1: well, HBO as well.
0: HBO. And- that's a, yeah. HBO was the first one to probably kind of do that. Right. And then uh, miniseries were always that. And then you started to see streamers do that as well, do shorter seasons and shorter seasons. So it is very interesting doing 18 episodes of Daredevil, um, which again, I'm not against, but I, I think 13 is like the perfect, you know, that 12, 13 gives you enough time to like really kind of, I think 10 to 13, I think is, is perfect uh hour-long episodes because then i feel like that gives you enough time to kind of let things breathe a little bit because the six hours feels a little too rushed that they've been doing but um and you don't want to go
1: into stranger things territory either where like each episode overstays two and and a half hour yeah you know
0: i'm fine with 18 episodes if they're all 40 minutes right or something like that but like it's i i'd still prefer probably 30 10, 13. And that's interesting because maybe moving forward, like if you got to think, like Ironheart was the last Disney Plus and, and Agatha were the last one that were already announced, right? Where Daredevil is the first new one. So have they learned from everything before going, we need a little bit more than six hours? Or do they think this is just going to be a one off with Daredevil? Or are they going to test it with Daredevil and see what people think about it? And like, or is because Daredevil's already been established of being, I think they were all over 10 to 13 episodes on netflix i forget i think it was like 13 and that was um, over
1: three seasons right of three daredevil, seasons specifically of, yeah. not including the spinoffs like with the punisher
0: yeah and the the daredevil stuff we can continue we saw the a new trailer from she hulk which i thought that trailer was much better still part of phase four before we go into all the phase five stuff and uh so charlie cox obviously came back in spider-man no way home uh he will be in she hulk uh in a yellow and red costume i think Uh, and then you also had, um, Wong in She-Hulk, you have obviously Bruce Banner, you have Abomination coming back. So there's like a lot of cameos in that show, which, uh, uh, we haven't been getting in a lot of the, the, uh, Disney plus stuff, but it looks fun. Like, I I don't know if I'm like super excited for it. And I think the CG looks a bit better now. I still think, um, she Tatiana Maslany as she, when she's She-Hulk, there's some uncanny valley kind of stuff because hulk is still i've said this before of like such a he's like a monster and he looks sort of like mark ruffalo but he's so gigantic that i can kind of have that disconnect but when jennifer walters is she hulk she's just like bigger but like still is supposed to look like her and it's just throwing me off every time i see it um but can't wait to see it in context in the show and i think it will be a fun we brought this up of like a um like uh oh my God uh, Harvey uh uh Harvey, Harvey Birdman, Birdman Attorney at Law yeah please yeah which please is man. like I hope I hope it's kind of like that but an MCU version of it right with a little action
1: right well the one thing though that I I found most surprising about this new trailer is that it is doing a little bit of that fourth wall breaking Deadpool thing yeah where you're seeing you know, the, the character look at the camera and like, obviously that's not just a Deadpool thing. Like that's been happening a lot recently with, you know, like the, the best versions of it are something like Fleabag. And then the copycat versions more, most recently are something like the new Jane Austen adaptation of Persuasion with Dakota Johnson. So, you know, like it, that I think is also kind of telling of like, it's, it's, it's kind of showing you that, you know, with Deadpool, coming back down the line it wasn't announced in this this comic-con panel but it's almost like okay well we're we're going to reintroduce that sort of narrative style again
0: yeah i I, it's not my favorite but i I, i'll wait again to see it in context because like uh, i'd prefer if only like if that was deadpool's thing then it's just deadpool's thing if more and more characters are kind of going to break the fourth wall i don't know if i love that but i'll wait to see that in context um i guess we'll continue with the fate we'll go in order of how they announced stuff because black panther was at the end even though it is part of phase four um so the other stuff here i can't wait for ironheart we'll talk about her more when we talk about black panther um i think the title captain America: new world order is awesome i think thunderbolts which they've been teasing for a long time uh very excited to see what villains are included there um i mean with um. Uh, William Hurt passing away. Um, I assume that this will be Julia Louis-Dreyfus' kind of taking the role as General Ross for the Thunderbolts. But then – they'll probably name this after him or something like that. If they, or like, he'll have uh,
1: set it up. Like it's like, yeah. it'll be like, there'll be like a trailer or teaser or something like uh, thunder, yeah. uh, Captain Thunderbolt Thund- Ross, Ross or whatever, yeah. you know, set this initiative up and now I'm going to actually execute it. Or now something that,
0: like yeah. That. And I'm sure they'll, they'll have a nice tribute to him. Uh, you know, I'll, I'm sure just like some of the other characters, they'll say the character passed away off screen. And we'll get into that again later. Uh, so, yeah, here Secret Invasion. They showed footage of that uh, as well as Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp Quantumania. They confirmed that Corey Stoll is coming back as MODOK. No, that and- was
1: confirmed. No, it wasn't just MODOK is back. Is yeah. it? Is it- Corey stole as yeah
0: yeah yeah, I I believe so so it was in the footage that they showed so basically that character um I fucking forget what his name is (laughs) in ant-man stinger
1: uh, wasp no uh, uh, no no no.
0: yeah I forget but his character I forget the actual guy's name uh the villain uh one of the most
1: bland villains and and I I like Corey Stoll and I feel so do I but I like that
0: he's uh uh coming back as Modoc like him getting mushed into the uh uh, quantum realm turned him into Modok, which I think is a Darren Cross and Yellow Jacket. <laughs> I just,
1: I just. Darren yeah. Cross uh, sounds like such a yeah. bro name.
0: Um, so he's coming back as Modok. They showed uh some Kang in there. Um, Catherine Newton is playing um Cassie Lang, so the third actress to play that character now. Um, so uh, I'm pumped. Kang obviously will be a big part moving forward. We'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, some uh, we'll get Ryan Hancock, our friend. He's our our correspondent on the grounds in, in Comic-Con. <laughs> our um, <laughs> correspondent. He's doing it for himself. He's just, I know. Yeah. Um, But he said he would come on and talk yeah. about all this stuff. So he was in hall H for all of this stuff. We're going to c- have him on in a future episode, hopefully next week. Uh, if he has time to talk about the footage that he saw, because there are breakdowns and stuff, but I think it's more interesting to talk to someone who was actually there and watched the footage instead of Eric and I going, Oh, here's a read. Let's read through what, what was in it. Uh, So they showed that secret invasion. They showed a trailer for said, it looks like Nick Fury is the main character of that show. He's hunting down Skrulls. It looks kind of the vibe of captain America, the winter soldier of like a political thriller kind of angle thing. Uh, and then Rhodey is going to be in the series uh, and a bunch of other people that we, we know that are um, kind of in that world of the MCU. They brought out Eric. Jump in at any point if you Oh, want I was going to go gonna say this. with
1: the Don Cheadle thing, it's kind of interesting because a lot of people also noticed that Armor, Armor Wars, Wars, which was yeah. announced previously, was removed from the lineup. So I wonder if they're going to be incorporating the Armor Wars into Secret Invasion, into Secret Invasion, or they're going to announce Armor Wars it at D twenty three. Yeah, and maybe Secret Wars will be the launching pad for that. But but a lot of people thought the launching pad would be. Um, uh falcon and the winter soldier
0: i think iron heart will be part of that too so yeah. i think like i i wouldn't be surprised if it's part of phase six but we'll get there uh guardians volume three they brought out the entire cast for that they announced that uh, uh maria uh bakalova is that right is it, yeah um is going to play cosmo the space dog <laughs> uh the russian space dog which is awesome uh they have uh uh Chick woody or oh, i a uh, right is, yeah from um, peacemaker from peacemaker is playing the high evolutionary um so they brought Who's out that the character
1: I, i'm not familiar with that character
0: i'm not is super, he like an eternal he's the person, god no character? he's um he's almost like a cyborg looking guy i don't know a ton about him but i believe he is the person who experimented on rocket Ooh, so, so this time I f- it's personal I feel like um, I might be wrong about that, but that's my understanding. And uh, I believe this is like from everything I've heard from people who watch the footage that this is going to be kind of a rocket central story. You know, there's obviously the finding Gamora and, and stuff like that too. The the variant of Gamora who's still alive in, in the universe because she didn't go back with or didn't. Well, Thanos was killed and stuff. But um, I... The footage that they showed, everyone said it was incredibly emotional. And there's like a baby, there was a footage with baby Rocket being taken from his family. And it's going to go into how Rocket is really fucked up from being experimented on and, and, and stuff like that. And they said that this is the final Guardians of the Galaxy movie with this group of Guardians. With this um, group
1: of Guardians. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, um, everyone just said the footage was fantastic and it seems to be very focused on 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 rocket story so that's pretty cool i've always liked rocket raccoon like i i remember the days eric of our doing movie monarchy and we're going there's a talking raccoon like this can't work and a tree yeah Uh, and and it's also telling
1: as well that we're at this point in the you know the third in this series the final probably even with james gunn even though that wasn't necessarily confirmed yeah, will but be, yeah. but the idea that you know we've moved so far away from having you know star lord and peter quill be the lead and now we're focusing on you know rocket rocket <laughs> be the, the 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 main character it's like okay you can tell chris pratt star is definitely uh diminished over the last little but i year. also
0: wouldn't be surprised if he's the one person who sticks around and like uh... oh yeah
1: i think dave batista is done because he yeah. basically yeah. has <laughs> said otherwise but i also yeah. like that james gunn in that in that panel did say that just because it's the end doesn't mean that these characters die off, you know no like that, yeah, that's important because like it feels like we we've talked mm-hmm. about this before, yeah, with the fatalism of blockbuster cinema where it's like, okay, the character either has to die or there's no way to like just retire them. it's like no, you can't, because people just... will always
0: ask for them or there's a possibility yeah. that they might come back, so they go, well, we have to kill them, so this actor doesn't get that doesn't get a fucking chris evans doesn't get that question yeah robert downey jr yeah well yeah i'm just saying chris evans is that guy who's getting that question nonstop now right because there was that article saying he was going to come back and they didn't kill off that character right so i agree with you um i do think that they're not going to kill off everyone they'll kill off some people and um and I do feel like a couple of the Guardians will stick around and and they'll bring in other people in, in a new Guardians group. So
1: and also Adam Warlock, I think, is going to be an important part, piece yeah. of the puzzle yeah. moving forward as well. Because we've talked about this again on the last show, even, where in the comics, he's always kind of been, you know, the, the foil to Thanos, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, with Will Poulter being introduced, that character will probably move on and be a part of some of the more cosmic storylines moving forward absolutely
0: um loki season two didn't show any footage or anything but um obviously people are excited for that just started shooting uh the marvels we got a teaser obviously at the end of miss marvel for that we won't kind of unless you you might not have watched that yet so go watch uh ms marvel um we got a date for Blade, which is November third, twenty twenty three. Didn't show anything from that. Uh, we only really know Mahershala Ali's, and they haven't really announced. Well, Aaron Aaron
1: Pierre um, um, was just cast not okay. too long ago, who is in um, the Tiff movie that was just announced, Brother, and was okay. also a uh, mid size sedan. In Old. oh right,
0: you did that. nice, love that yeah. uh, Ironheart. I'm I'm personally very excited for. We'll talk about her more in a second when we get to Black Panther uh agatha and chaos didn't show anything but we got a date we talked about daredevil captain america new War, world order which is uh sam as captain america anthony mackie starring uh good for him and then thunderbolts we talked about a little bit which is going to be uh being at the end of phase five i assume is going to be the avengers movie for phase five right like it's going to be dark avengers essentially suicide getting, squad for yeah Marvel. like yes exactly so all the villains i'm sure we'll have some deep cuts we'll have some new villains we'll have some uh classic villains that black we've bolt seen comes the- back <laughs> he's not a villain i know so, he's a villain uh, in my heart <laughs> yeah so that's uh that is phase uh phase five so and then after all of that kevin feige came or like you know after they announced all that stuff had those panels and things like that there he went came out and said let's talk about phase six and everyone what the fuck and then like so he comes out fantastic four uh gets a date uh which is i believe july of 2024 right let me pull this up sorry everyone i have actually i should just pull up the marvel twitter they have all these uh these dates um it is november stalling. the 8th november 8th 2024, 2024. thank yeah. you july was thunderbolt i'm so also looking
1: at the same press um, release <laughs>
0: yeah yeah yeah. so i have this up i'm just trying to read off like the fucking photos people took in hall h so uh fantastic four announced for november 8th 2024 so that gives them you know two years Uh, You know, we don't even know a director yet or a cast. I'm assuming we'll talk about D23. I think that's probably their deadline to announce that stuff as well. Uh, But then the big ones. Uh, One of these is, you know, what we've been predicting for a while. Uh, Another one, also something we were predicting for a while. I didn't expect it to be announced this way and this close together. So we are getting Avengers, the Kang dynasty in theaters, May 2nd, 2025. And we're getting Marvel studios, Avengers secret wars in theaters, November 7th, 2025. So two Avengers movies in 2025 that are like six months apart or seven months apart. Um,
1: and those Absolutely. are big storylines, right? Like, like at least yeah. with Secret Wars, like that obviously tells you that Doom is going to play a big part. Um, yeah. You know, not only in the Fantastic Four movie, but probably leading you know, up to that. And, and, and Jonathan yeah. Majors right now is like, oh man, my bank account just got. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it, man.
0: So this is this is really interesting because two Avengers movies that close together. Is this going to be an Infinity War? endgame kind of thing where they shoot back to back or are these two completely different avengers teams dealing with two completely different threats like
1: well given how many characters there are right like it kind of feels like isn't secret like i remember there was that again going back to spider-man the animated series there was that episode where Mm -hmm. spider-man and doom are pitted against each other and spider-man has to select a group of heroes to be like battle world yeah yeah his allies and then doom picks his characters to kind of battle and then they they have this kind of war so i wonder if that'll be Mm. somewhat like the idea of that one because they also only have tom holland for one more spider-man movie right so far
0: yeah yeah um so he'll probably be in one of these uh, probably secret wars i'm assuming so yeah kang dynasty might be the it's interesting because kang is obviously using multiverse stuff as well so they also announced the multiverse saga which is what all these movies are leading into um and it multiverse saga will end with secret wars so i think this is interesting because kang was never a huge part of secret wars i don't think it was doom but i'm wondering now if they'll have both of them kind of be involved in it or if they'll be two separate things like that is the most fascinating thing about these movies being so close together you'd think you'd want them to kind of lead into one another um
1: the way I am infinity sure war and endgame yeah, did yeah
0: like I, and i think they will ultimately like i think uh i think they will kind of be a part one and part two with kang being the villain in kang dynasty and doom being the villain in in secret wars uh but probably working either together or 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 anything like that and uh I, that's fascinating and really really cool it could be two completely different teams but um which i think is kind of like what infinity war and end game did they split everyone up some people were the main characters of one movie and some were the main characters of others and they brought them back at the end kind of thing and i think secret wars will be not just characters from i think anything could happen in secret wars like i think uh, it's a good bet that you get Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield coming back for that. I think it's a good bet. You get a bunch of the X-Men Fox universe characters coming back for that.
1: If they can uh, get Hugh Jackman. For he's he's a-
0: absolutely in it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he will absolutely be in it. Um, and I think any Marvel character that has ever been in a movie uh, could show up in Secret Wars, which is 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 really cool. And variants of characters like. I think this is where Chris Evans comes back. I think
1: Jared Leto. Uh,
0: <laughs> I I think this is where Chris Evans shows up. I think.
1: Oh, Tom Hardy's uh, Venom definitely shows up at some
0: absolutely point. in Secret Wars. Um, I think you could get Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> you could get uh, unless these guys are really really done with it. But I wouldn't be surprised they they park a dump truck of money and go we just need you for this one movie you only need to be in basically one sequence right and i feel like that they'll hold a lot of big surprises for whatever that big secret war is because it's basically going to be all these variants and different versions of characters fighting you know other villains and, and other versions of characters like i think you might actually get chris evans as the hydra version of captain america on Doom side or on Kang's side, right? Or like I, or
1: or the Human Torch, even like he's even yeah. talked about being interested yeah. in coming back as dude. I Torch. wouldn't be
0: surprised if you get that as well. Like I could see a fight scene between Captain America, Chris Evans, versus Human Torch, Chris Evans, and right. like and stuff like that. Will just make people lose their shit. And I feel like you'll get every little. uh It could be yeah, the Fox Fantastic Four movies. You could get the New Mutants, the New <laughs> <laughs> Mutants, like any of this shit. Like could happen, and it, it's gonna be uh or maybe not maybe it's something completely different but i i'm assuming that's where we're leading
1: if they're calling it the multiverse saga so um i just want to I-, I just want to say as well cuz i have i have the 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 giant sort of panel um yeah. on display so phase 6 um you know fantastic 4 and the two avengers movies were announced but you also have dates for the fall 2024 um two slots there you have winter 2024 Um, winter 2025 spring 2025 um, two slots for spring 2025 uh, summer 2025 two slots so there's still other stuff that hasn't been announced yet that will probably be a part of d23 D23. including probably casting and all that kind of jazz as well so and like more stuff with the mutants as well like i think like that's another thing where it's like i could see like the mutants being only maybe a small part of these two phases but then maybe moving into phase seven like the mutants kind of become the big sort of focal point of i think it could be the the mutant
0: saga right like i think the next saga could be the mutant saga leading into avengers versus x-men i'm getting early predictions out of the way i think you do get maybe a mutants movie in phase phase six or some sort of mutant project because they've been teasing it like I can't. I don't think you can wait till twenty twenty six to do X Men stuff. Like I just don't oh, think you with can. already
1: Professor um, X as well, right? Like having yeah. that in the multiverse, even though it is a multiverse one off thing, it still is enough of, yeah. of a suggestion. And then with you know a recent show as well, and even with I think Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, you know with Namor, uh, uh, Namor and... the Submariner, kind of being yeah. hinted at as possibly a mutant as well. Yeah. There are those kind of. The 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 slow but sure rollout of those characters kind of coming back into the MCU.
0: Yeah, so you're making good good points, Eric. So yeah, you get um. Let me open image in new tab. Let me see this. Yeah, so you get one, two, three, four, five, six projects in between Fantastic Four and Kang Dynasty, right? So you're yeah. getting six more Marvel projects before that Avengers movie, and then you're getting two more projects. Before Secret Wars. So it's going to be really interesting. And like, and I do think that at D23, I don't know if you get the rest of phase six, you might like if they I mean, if they know that they're leading into those Avengers movies, they might know what these projects are. And mind you, any of this can change depending on what happens uh in the world um and things get i think armor wars is probably in there somewhere right well deadpool 3 as well like i mean deadpool Deadpool might
1: even be a part of the thunderbolts and that might be where like that starting point is for him so or it could even be a post-credit scene right that would make sense um I think that
0: you probably get
1: Deadpool three
0: in here, you uh which will get announced at D twenty three, probably with some casting. I think you get the Fantastic Four director and cast announced at D twenty three. We might know about it early because of deadline or variety or some shit like that. But um <clears throat> and then I think you get a mutant movie or show. I would love X-Men to be Disney Plus, I think, 'cause there's you know, if you have but I think there will be a movie eventually, but like um I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. I don't know what these projects will be. You got to think another Shang-Chi movie is in there. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, or uh, uh, uh,
1: Annie's show. Right. As well. Right. Like, um, or not Annie. Uh, uh, Kate, not Katie. Um, Kate, Kate, Katie. No, not Katie. It's
0: the sister from Shang-Chi. Sister. Yes. About. Like a yeah. 10 Rings show. Yes. So you got to think that there's a 10 Rings show and a Shang-Chi sequel in here. Uh you might get another doctor strange movie in phase six. I think um, I'm trying to think what else we haven't really gotten uh, sequels for or, or what, what other are,
1: characters maybe are, are due for
0: a sequel or new you said characters. armor wars. Yeah. So yeah, Arm-
1: yeah. Armor wars, Deadpool three, I think are, are probably givens. Um, Shang-Chi, the C- sequel to that and the spinoff series that they were talking about. is probably in there um
0: i'm trying to think uh i don't know if we get another eternals movie i don't think we do
1: (laughs) i think they'll probably save them for one of the (laughs) movies that's the other thing that i kind of find really interesting about kang's next kind of big appearance with ant-man and the wasp quantum mania is that as much as i like paul rudd as that character that character to me is facing off against i don't know if kang's gonna be the main villain in that but if he is it's, or if Modoc is or something yeah like, like kang yeah. is always one of those guys that it's like you need like you know a a a, a, a true leader to do that like yeah. scott's a side guy like scott's gonna help you get through it but he's not the guy to to lead the journey yeah. right it's interesting
0: because they're it seems like they're taking the loki route with it right yeah. where loki's the villain and then shows up in an avengers movie as a bigger villain right so yeah yeah, I don't know. And then I, I hope
1: also that they have um, Scott Lang doing his podcast as a reference to his model. Yeah, I
0: know they said that the, he wrote a book, which everyone. So I like that Scott's that guy who's like capitalizing on his like small involvement in in you got End to Game. man, you got and to. Like, I love that. Um, so yeah, I think you get you might get another Thor movie in Phase Six too. You got to think. You think, think that, that so that...
1: soon? Because I mean, we've in... already had. Four. Dude, I'm that's in
0: twenty twenty five. Like that's three years from now. I know, so but like... three
1: years is still that's still not a lot of time from I that guess. fourth movie. And especially because the fourth movie got such a mixed reaction overall. And like, you got to think like, is there any other smaller, you know, C or D tier characters that haven't been introduced at all yet in any capacity? That might be an important one to have either an origin film or just be integrated into one of these movies. Because obviously mm-hmm. now it does feel as well, like, you know, we're talking about, you know, the the condensed narrative structure of, you know, these e- each individual series. But I feel like the films are doing that a little bit as well with having someone like Namor be in you know, Black Panther, Wakanda forever, because that character has his own world and storyline in comic books where like you could see that character getting his own spin-off mm-hmm. series or movie afterwards.
0: Yeah. What about Kate Bishop? And like, do you get another Hawkeye series? It's like season two and phase six. Or here's the thing, going back to the Avengers, Kang always a villain of the young Avengers because he was a young Avenger because he is... Nathaniel Richards, who is a descendant of Reed Richards, and he was Iron Lad. Is was his original like um, <laughs> his name? Sometimes um, Iron Lad. so Iron like, Lad. Like, is Avengers: The Kang Dynasty a Young Avengers movie? And is Avengers: Secret Wars everyone? Let <laughs> the adults like, get
1: into this one with the Secret Wars movie. No, place. I actually
0: do think that Avengers: Kang Dynasty could be a, a Young Avengers movie. Yeah, and then secret wars be big boy avengers big boy and big girl and big person avengers um but the young avengers obviously being involved in that as well i could see that that like maybe not call it young avengers because that might sound like a kid show or something like that right like uh that's why they just call it avengers but they have been teasing all these you know with cassie lang and in, in Quantumania, kate bishop ms marvel uh which could be in multiple different places
1: um well Yolanda. Yeah, i mean even she hulk yeah. i mean like the next the next generation or the next iteration of sure i characters. meant more even like
0: almost younger than them too but right. like yeah but they have been like teasing a lot of young avengers and stuff like that so uh anyways it's all it's cool i'm I'm here for it it's I, fun I, to it's, talk about I think. it's more more announced than I expected, because like I really just thought they would focus on stuff that was already announced. So and I thought they were going to save this stuff for D23. But I do think that they'll come out big for D23, which is in like a month and a half. It's the beginning during of, TIFF, during yeah. TIF, the opening weekend of TIFF. So I don't even know how we're going to be able to talk about that stuff either. Um But we will. The, we'll fit the, it fir- in somewhere. the first weekend of TIFF, there are also going to be announcing stuff at D23. So um it's going to be wild. And then finally, uh, they finished off uh, with uh, Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever. So they had a musical performance uh, uh, for it. And then uh, they had Ryan Coogler come out and, and talk about the film. And they brought out the cast. And then they premiered a trailer uh, for people at Comic-Con, which we also got uh, online, which made sense. So that was the one thing that they said, "Here's here's one for for you guys as well so it premiered last night uh and what a goddamn trailer man (laughs) like i i was floored by this thing like i didn't know what i think wakanda forever was one of those everyone's been wondering what the hell that movie's going to be with with the passing of chadwick boseman and um i think they just kind of nailed the vibe of it and being incredibly emotional and a send-off for him in world and in real life um and i just feel like the music choices were perfect the the cinematography looked gorgeous the action sequences looked awesome um namor looked cool as hell it looked more avatar than avatar and like um and even more
1: aquaman than aquaman yeah
0: and like i was floored i've watched this trailer like five times already i just think it was just perfectly cut and like, and they're really leaning into from director Ryan Coogler and like, and leaning into all that stuff. And I'm like, man, this shit looks like on another level compared to uh, some of the other phase four stuff we were getting. And I really think that that's why they're saying this is the end of phase four. Like this looks like a, like a fucking powerful, big movie. And the first movie got nominated for best picture, obviously, and was one of their biggest movies. And like, I think maybe people were worried because of of Chadwick's passing. Of that that movie might have been a little bit of a mess or something. But like, I don't know. All signs point to it being awesome. I don't know what you thought, Eric.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, oh, that's a, that's another thing. I think I uh, um there was there were rumors that there was going to be a Wakanda show as well. Yeah, so maybe that's going to be one of the part of Phase the, Six as yeah, well. Yeah, I loved it. I, I it's again. I, I tweeted this recently. I was being a little bit sort of you know snide Snarky. and 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 yeah. and sub. Tweeting a little bit but never never review a a movie based on its trailer that's the one thing i've always been very adamant about you can like it you can be excited about it you can talk about it you can analyze it do all that thing but never base your whole expectation on a trailer and review it as though it were the movie watching this i agree it gives you a sense of what the film is doing Tonally and how it is yeah, also very reassuring that it's not going to take Chadwick Boseman's name in vain. And that, you know, the people that are working on this, especially Ryan Coogler um, and the really cast that care. worked with they do. And, and, and I think that that's what is most important with this trailer. And I think another point that you made that I wanted to talk about with, you know, Phase 4 moving into Phase 6 and that I can also be a little bit critical of is I think the one thing that Marvel could invest a little bit more in is cinematography. I think that they need to bring, you know, really talented cinematographers in the same way that, you know, someone like Jordan Peele is working with Hoyt Van Hoytema. You need to bring in, you know, people that are not only technicians, but are artists. And I think that they haven't done that as much, you know, like Matthew Libatique, uh, and Rachel Morrison are the two names that come to mind when I think of you know the the Marvel Pantheon that has been released theatrically that have done something visually interesting, but also it looks beautiful, a lot of it even though there are there are a lot of fun movies. It is very televisual. So I think, you know, having someone like Autumn Uh Durald um being the cinematographer here who's replacing Rachel Morrison really shows you again that the, the visual compositions can be very stylized and still, you know, look digital, but still compelling. Um so that is something. But yeah, that trailer really does hit in a in an emotional way, and it also works as kind of telling you. You know the world of Wakanda can continue, but we will always kind of be in debt to what Chadwick Boseman started, and and I think this whole movie is going to be a very loving tribute to the film. So it'll be exciting to see, and I think it will be a very emotional watch. You know, going into this thing and and just it was I, even in that
0: trailer, man. Yeah, like I got I got chills multiple times, and you get that kind of uh, um that Angela Bassett um uh, monologue of her her talking in that it was just fantastic and just although I a- do
1: wonder about that one moment because yeah. I do I love Angela Bassett like she's amazing but yeah I mean Suri's her kid as well right so like she's yeah. still there unless yeah, unless, I think it's, sure unless it's a scene where like maybe Suri like you know everybody left, thinks she's she been goes- killed or something like that for a moment and re- and then she comes maybe. back
0: and maybe she yeah
1: Again, yeah, why, that's why you don't review a, a that, trailer. That you know? is
0: really interesting, because she does say my entire family is yeah. gone, right? But she does say gone, not died, right? I believe so. Yeah,
1: but gone, I mean... in, in But then the sure Shuri could be celebrated. in... um, uh,
0: Oakland. I yeah in oakland so maybe that's it like she goes to america and then that's why she's not in wakanda or but something the way that gone like,
1: is it, it yeah. just seems like dead like it's not like yeah. like she like siri's still alive if you're referencing like like i understand also the the, the emotional impact of angela bass's character losing both her husband and her son you know like that's that that's enough to make you feel that way and maybe forget at the moment like oh you know it's someone who's not there but again we're over analyzing that a little bit so we need to see the context of what that scene is is really saying but it is a very kind of showy moment for her and 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 again like the technology is really cool i think that um obviously that final shot is going to have a lot of speculation to who is wearing yeah the suit um and then moving forward obviously you know, we've already talked a little bit about iron heart. Like that's going to play a, a really pivotal role. Yeah. Um, Namor, I think will become a bigger part of the MCU as well, especially again, like he's had interactions in the comic books with the fantastic four. He's usually a, a love interest or it's sort of like a triangle mm-hmm. with uh, Sue storm and, and Reed Richards. So that'll be kind of interesting if that ever comes up.
0: Mm-hmm. And a lot of the part of the X-Men a lot too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams. Like, I think it's such a cool character to bring in to kind of continue the Iron Man legacy with a suit that looks very similar to his and and stuff like that. And uh, I think Shuri is probably the person in the suit at the end. I think maybe the Letitia Wright, uh, you know, anti-vax kind of stuff that, uh, uh, you know super religious kind of thing it's not the first marvel person to be super well religious evangeline lily
1: with the yeah. freedom Convoy also stuff and, and
0: she's still kicking and was part of the panel and stuff like that right like i guess you kind of have to let people believe in what they want to believe in um, i want to give
1: a shout out though to denaya guerrera um who during the post panel interviews was wearing a mask like yeah. i like it's it's still it's still important to you know if you if you don't feel comfortable yeah. you know talking to you don't know
0: where all these interviewers have been and stuff like that right yeah, yeah.
1: and i thought that that was kind of like oh you mm-hmm. know what like that's that's a good thing to show like if you and if i you did don't see comfortable... some
0: people who were doing interviews that the interviewer was wearing a mask so yeah they, they might have asked them to keep their mask on as they were interviewing them so yeah it's interesting um but anyways uh it could be shuri i've heard rumors that it could be um winston duke that body shape didn't look like winston duke winston duke's a thick boy and i i don't think that that jacked man um, yeah i don't think that was him uh it looked a little too slender to be uh winston duke so i wouldn't be surprised if it's shuri or they go the route of a uh, it is the multiverse saga it could be a you know um a t'challa from a different timeline Uh, or it could be
1: even um uh, killmonger you know like they dude that not- would be
0: awesome like i would be all for that if it's revealed that he is still alive they kept him alive and that he or did. it's a
1: multiverse version right like just yeah. look at what if right i mean i know what if hasn't really taken a lot into the live action stuff but obviously again like they had a version of
0: killmonger yeah. in there could be a good version of killmonger right yeah. and then like but i
1: i think it would be good though because i think like or it could be a uh, uh, uh lapida Lup- uh, as well yeah, like that's, yeah. That's, that's that would the be other... awesome
0: too yeah and and, and nakia and, 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 being it would be awesome too
1: this cast is incredible is cre- like, yeah
0: you, you know, and you like, add people like uh michaela cole and uh uh, I'm forgetting who else got added. I mean, Tenoch Huerta is Namor, and and yeah. uh, you have Martin Freeman coming
1: back. And, That's weird. Did you see that the, that it said his name was introducing uh, in in the in the credits? Introducing someone? who? uh,
0: uh, uh, t- uh t- oh, Tenoch yeah. Huerta? Yeah, Huerta. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But and he's so, been in other things. Well, he right? was
1: the co lead in in the the Forever Purge.
0: Interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. I guess that doesn't count to American audiences cuz he's been in a lot of uh, stuff but not really in in uh he was inspector as well. Yeah. Um anyways, whatever. Um I'm super pumped for this movie now. Like I, I it's the first phase 4 thing that I think I've really been like I mean, I think the Doctor Strange trailers were really were very intriguing as well, but like this just and I've said this, Coogler, like, with Creed, and and it's just, like, on another level when it comes to um, the directors that they've been using. And I just, uh, I can't wait for it. I really can't. Like, it looks awesome. So Yeah, Gunn
1: you know, and Coogler, like, out of, like, who's kind of left right now yeah. are the two filmmakers that, like, there's a certain amount of reassurance going into those movies that at least you'll have some of their style and some of their aesthetic and their voice coming through. Like, it's not just going to be, you know, a Peyton Reed who does the job and, and does yeah, it. No offense. The you he know, can, but, yeah. but yeah, but, but you can tell when someone like Ryan Coogler, who now really does have such a, a amazing body of work when it comes to blockbuster movies with, you know, Black Panther and, and Creed and, and, mm-hmm you know, and and even Fruitvale Station, you know, kind of coming up on the independent scene. And so now with, with this, it's like, okay, like there, there is a sense that like he should be on that same level as a Christopher Nolan or someone like that, where it's like every movie he does, you should be kind of excited for, and also not worry as much, even though he was thrown this horrible, you know, sort of hurdle to kind of get over and figure out and, and what have you. But um yeah like those guys are i think the most interesting filmmakers going in and i'm also i would say out of like you know what was announced obviously black panther wakanda forever guardians of the galaxy volume three and blade are the three films i'm most excited for of uh phase four to six so far
0: i think i'm on the same page like i'm i quantum mania is the one where i'm like really in intrigued by i don't think because i'm i'm with you with peyton reed and the ant-man movies have never really been my thing i think they're very funny and i love paul rudd and and stuff like that but having kang in there and him being such a big part of you know being a villain in in an avengers movie and stuff i am very intrigued by quantum mania but yeah i would say those those same projects i think i'm i think thunderbolts i'm really intrigued by too but it depends on what that cast is going to be like like which villains they bring in and and stuff like that um yeah um and then obviously the two avengers movies but who knows what those are are going to be right and then the other outlier here is what is sony doing with spider-man right like i think that's obviously never usually a part of these announcements because it is a sony thing and marvel studios just co-produces that with them and and usually kind of slots it in as an extra an extra movie, right? Like even though we have right now we only have three projects uh announced for twenty twenty four and everyone's like, Oh, that's weird that there's no winter twenty twenty four, like uh like a November, December kind of thing. So Spider Man another Spider Man like, movie? Like I, you'd have to kind of get moving or announce that kind of soon, right? Because that's two years from now. Mm-hmm. Um two and a half years, I guess, in the winter. So I think a Spider-Man movie could slot really nicely in winter 2024. Um but who knows, right? I and also
1: know. I think that they have to I mean again it's like a contract thing as well and like that's but I
0: think they can get around that with making Venom Morbius uh Madam Web cuz they're Raiden technically the like, I don't know if they need to have Peter Parker in them to keep the Spider-Man license or if they just need to make. Well, I
1: was talking more so on the Marvel side of things, because isn't oh, it like, right. like, the, like Marvel has one more Tom Holland, Spider-Man.
0: I think. Slot. Appearance. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: But they can renegotiate, obviously. And like, you know, they, they'll be losing a ton of money if they don't agree on it. And I think that they both want to. I mean, that's where the capitalism comes into play sure. here, where it's like, you know, you want to maximize the amount of Tom Holland that you can put in another Avengers movie, but then also do a Spider-Man film.
0: And remember, he doesn't have a contract, right? So he's renegotiating right now, too, and kind of the ball... Like how bad do they want him and how much is he holding out for too? Right. Yeah.
1: Like, and I think he does want to do it, but at the same time, I understand like he wants to negotiate where it's like, Hey guys, you know, they just offered me another uncharted movie. Yeah. Uh, you, you I'm sure he this? could make
0: out with a huge bag. So, yeah.
1: um,
0: or a huge yeah. web. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. That kind of wraps up the Marvel stuff. So I I'm, I'm pumped. That was a, a big Marvel conversation, but, um, I am thrilled with what happened over the uh, weekend. Uh, the other thing, we had a DC panel where they talked about um, uh, fucking Black Adam and Shazam. Those were the only two things they talked about, right?
1: Yeah, um, they kept it very much on this year. So you have Black Adam opening uh, in October and then you have uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods opening in during the holiday season right during like the last couple of weeks of of winter and yeah. they moved uh the flash and the aquaman sequel i think it's they good them to next year right yeah i mean obviously the problematic nature of the what's going on with the flash i don't right know now, what the fuck they're gonna do with it. <laughs> yeah. i don't know i think that they'll have to do reshoots and in- have more Michael Keaton in it to kind of like make it, or they'll rename it like Batman and the flash or something. Um But with the oh, Aquaman flashpoint. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it is good that they moved Aquaman because of Black Panther as well. Oh, Namor. Yeah. Um, you made so, that
0: great dig on, on avatar as well. But- oh yeah.
1: Yeah. James Cameron is sweating a little bit. I think, I think the VF, I mean, this is where I'll sound a bit contrarian, but I do think the VFX in avatar the way of water will probably i you would hope they would be better because james yeah. cameron is so obsessed and has been working on this yeah. thing for so long but watching that trailer for black panther wakanda forever even being kind of a a moderate marvel fan i i like movies in general and i think like i've always talked about this kind of like some marvel movies are good some marvel yeah. movies are mediocre it's just the way it is. But watching that trailer and seeing some images that people have made comparisons to already with, you know, the whales, the riding of the whales and just the ocean stuff, there was more of an emotional connection and interest there and and, and just an interest in the characters overall than there was watching, you know, Jake, Jake Sully and family, <laughs> you know, and and like that spectacle of that trailer is supposed to really draw you in. And I just didn't feel anything for
0: it. I mean, it's Disney versus Disney. So they yeah. went either way. So yeah. anyways, back to DC. Um, I don't have much to say about any of this really. Like I know I sound like a Marvel fanboy when I go, I don't care, but like uh, the first Shazam, whatever. I thought it was I like ton- it more the more strange. I think
1: about it, because I think like, it's not a great movie, but there's strangeness within yeah. that film that does feel a little bit removed from what DC was planning. And I kinda like the idiosyncratic nature. I think some of the performances in that movie aren't great, but um I kind of wish that it would go almost like an R rating and and do more of the horror stuff that that clearly was trying to break out um and also again talking about the vfx you know like like is is it going to be rushed because there's that one sequence in the first film with mark strong the board meeting with the creatures where you can see like you know people moving against some of those giant kind of creatures and i apologize i don't know the names of them but um you know where, like you can see, like the hand of the person going through the creature.
0: Oh, um, really? I didn't yeah. Know. And,
1: and I will say, like you know, having people like Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu and and Rachel Ziegler come in, like that, there, there's, there's an uptick there of acting quality. So, mm-hmm. you know, you'll have that, and and I think, like again, like I'm not trying to like say like I'm looking forward to it per se, but I'm just trying to look at the positive side. And the negative side um, with these movies. And I think talking about DC is just interesting as well, because DC still feels like they have no idea what the future holds, but they were reiterating, especially The Rock that black adam was going to be the beginning of a new era and like people were already talking about how disappointed that henry cavill was not at the there panel was a that huge was rumor, rumor. Yeah, yeah
0: like deadline put that out there i think right but yeah um, and again
1: this is why you don't go on hearsay or rumors things <clears throat> need to be confirmed and when it's a surprise and it happens that's great but when it doesn't you know it's not warner brothers or comic-con's fault that it didn't that's that's on the trades that reported this yeah. as as truth. So you know, like I think, like that's even interesting because again, like it almost kind of shows you that maybe they're going to basically recast or reboot a lot of this stuff as soon as they introduce the Black Adam movie because it kind of does feel like you know with Hawkman coming in and with Cyclone and all these other characters, they're already establishing the uh, kind of another yeah. like backdoor version of justice league or but then
0: or you get characters. in the shazam trailer where they reference aquaman and ben affleck's batman and like all, well and you do get... they
1: though because that's the thing in the trailer they're they're he's referencing them but they're inserting clips from those other movies so are, know. are those clips going to be in the movie though because I don't know, still, but like he can, he can still he can still sure. save those names and not have the inserts of Gal Gadot I, and Jason. I Ramon agree, ben Affleck.
0: I agree, but you're putting it in the trailer, so you're kind of alluding that that's those are the versions he's talking about. So the Snyder verse is alive and well, <laughs> so right. Um, I, I don't know, like it's uh, Shazam, that new trailer did nothing for me, I thought it looked awful. Black Adam. Uh, not awful it's just like I, I just don't give a shit about that character and I didn't care about the first movie and I just I don't like the like I'm a kid but in the body of a superhero and you like, don't like the big like,
1: version of this yeah, yeah
0: I just it doesn't do anything for me and you're more of a all, petite
1: mama fan
0: introducing <laughs> all the different versions of Shazam with the other kids and stuff and then having Helen Mirren as the villain I'm just like Uh, nothing worked for me in that trailer at
1: all right and um i mean it looks very power rangers-esque yeah sure again like i think that the some of the 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 new additions to the cast are better so maybe that will help a little bit maybe with the kids also being able to shazam now you know like we've talked recently how much we've liked someone like adam brody who's kind of gone on this new track with movies like you know yeah. ready or not and the kid detective and you know maybe having more of him than the kid version will... i'm cool with that but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know like, but I, obviously... ag- I agree i'm not necessarily looking forward to it i'm just looking for a silver lining to talk about some of this stuff
0: um and then black adam again just I, I i love the rock i mean he's he's again one of those guys sometimes makes an enjoyable movie, sometimes a mediocre movie, sometimes it a bad movie. Sometimes makes a Netflix film. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, and a jean Colette Sarah, like I think both of us, it is one of the vulgar auteurs that we kind of uh, vibe with in the sense of like, I like him bringing a weirdness to the movies that he makes, especially like even it's something like jungle cruise or, or like there's always something interesting, even if the movie itself isn't great or, 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 or something like that where so he is that one thing that is a little intriguing about black adam but the character and and the people involved and, and it's just like everything i've seen from that i'm like just not doing it. not tickling my taint eric i just like not not doing anything for
1: me i'm kind of excited for pierce brosnan because it sure. looks like he's collecting a paycheck and having a good time but i i also agree with you where like i think the one sort of interest there or the curiosity is jean Colette Sarah because of, you know, his he in with, the bathroom with Liam Neeson and, and, you know, movies like nonstop and the commuter and, and run all night and stuff like that. And we've already seen him work with the rock and work with the rock in heavily, you know, VFX um, driven, you know, sort of popcorn entertainment with jungle cruise. And that was kind of a mediocre experience overall. And I think, part of why that movie didn't work was because it was so VFX heavy and jean Colette Sarah has been one of those filmmakers leading up into that point has, you know, had more of, you know, a practical like in camera kind of, uh, you know, sensibility to him. Yes. Obviously the commuter has some big set pieces when it comes to, um, you know, train sequences being derailed and stuff like that, that that's where that kind of normally falls into play. But you look at like house of wax and like that final sequence in that movie being all kind of practical with the, with the the house melting down or even yeah. stuff in orphan kind of being shot in camera. So I wonder mm-hmm. if Jean-Claude Sarah's biggest sort of, or worst enemy here is, you know, VFX and You're there right. is a lot of VFX in this trailer uh, for, for Black Adam. So, you know, maybe maybe that kind of loses a little bit of his touch, but we'll see. Maybe there will be something in there. I don't know. You know, maybe there will be a, a new Metallica song done with a uh, an orchestra, so.
0: <laughs> or something. I hope there's some weird music choice or something. But, um, yeah, it just doesn't do anything. And I hate to sound like that classic, like, Marvel's better than DC. That's not even what I'm, like, intentionally doing. <laughs> it's just, no. I... Neither oh, you like the Suicide characters.
1: Squad? That, I like do, and I'm excited
0: squad. for you know, I, and Peacemaker. I, yeah, I'm I'm excited for more Peacemaker. I'm excited for Batgirl. I'm excited for uh, elements of the Flash. <laughs> like, um, uh, so, Put an like,
1: asterisk next to that one. Yeah,
0: like I'm not, I, 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 I am excited for some DC stuff, and I've always been such a huge Batman person, and I think I read more DC comics and Marvel really in my life. It's just shazam and black adam don't really do anything for me and i want them to win me over but nothing they've been showing
1: uh really wins me over has won me over i mean the only thing that's still like kind of like has i think our curiosity and it's not the dceu is just matt reeves's sequel to the batman Mm -hmm. which obviously you know it's still probably way too early to announce you know casting or you know um Villains anything or, yeah. yeah so but like that's kind of like okay that's maybe the one intriguing thing and I know a lot of people will probably be excited about Joker 2 and things like that but um of, of the DCEU it's kind of it's really hit or miss like even you know a third Wonder Woman movie or the Aquaman film you know it's just kind of like okay or like I mean Aqu- up the energy for yeah it, Aquaman right? was fun but like it's a yeah we don't really need a sequel to it you know have we but, gotten
0: a sequel to aquaman yet no that's no it's coming out it's right that, it was See, that's to what i even December, mean i'm like i don't i'm like what i'm like have we gotten a second one i'm like i thought we did and then i'm like no that was wonder woman i'm like that was bad i renounced that wish for sure
1: yeah um, that's the monkey paw <laughs> wish for sure but but again like you look at like this summer we've gotten two blockbusters that have shot a lot of stuff practically with nope and top gun maverick and it's like then you go back to some of this and mm-hmm. you're like okay well you guys have to up your game you know and and
0: mm-hmm. and you can be special effects heavy like look with nope but you still shot a lot of that on location right and then yeah. you added in vfx so anyways let's move on to some of the other random comic-con stuff that that dropped um, we got uh, a trailer for John Wick Chapter 4. We got a trailer for Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Honor Among Thieves. Um, I think those are the other two big Comic-Con trailers, right? And then we have a Don't Worry Darling trailer uh, that dropped too, which wasn't a Comic-Con thing. But um
1: was it bad no. that I thought the Dungeons and Dragons thing was, like, not Comic-Con, but, like, Chicago Comic-Con?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll i throw it out there. It doesn't look good, but I'm not 100% against it. Like, I don't think it looks awful. Like, I, I, I've I watched the trailer a couple times now, and I was showing Nevis trailers over the weekend, uh, like, last night that that were dropping. And we both were like, that looks kind of fun. Like, it feels like it's... In that realm of like, this isn't going to be a great movie, but I could just be fine with it. And I think that's all it kind of needed to be for me. Where you're I'm a like, loot man. If they, yeah, if they embrace the Dungeons and Dragons element, kind of like Battleship, you know, where battleship when they start playing battleship in the movie but incorporated in real world i'm like that's hilarious and when they talk about we need strength for this or we need this for this like what you would roll in dungeons and dragons and have the characters and just embrace the silliness of a dungeons and dragons campaign or like a dungeons and dragons campaign can be you know really intense for people or really engaging and stuff like that too like i think if they just embrace that and uh, i like the cast and and i'm You know, it looks like one of those mid 2000s, like kind of (laughs) movies that you might not remember came out. And I think there was a Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out in the early 2000s. Yes.
1: My brother Connor and I were so excited to see that movie. We got our dad to take us to it. And I just remember afterwards when I was just like is this piece of crap and and like it is it's terrible with um uh jeremy irons uh in the the villain role and he's the only good thing in the movie because he knows how bad the material is and what he's getting paid so he hams it up to the ninth degree in every scene he's in so you can't do any worse and it does look better than say like you know guy Ritchie's king arthur movie in in a lot of ways yeah. and and yeah like i i think that the the expectations are so low that it's like yeah why not and 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 even though the guys who directed this did vacation which is terrible they also yeah. directed game night so you know it could go it it's it's kind of they like a,
0: spider-man too didn't yeah they?
1: they well they were one they were two well, of one like, of
0: the million writers on yeah
1: like 20 cooks in in the kitchen you know, Spider Man right? kitchen. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, it's kind of up in the air. Like, I hope it's better than vacation because vacation is it was terrible. Awful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: will it be as good as game night? Who knows? I mean, I, th- that was them being like, what if David Fincher made the game, but funny. Um, so with this, it kind of looks like, okay, like best case scenario, it's going to be fun. Yeah.
0: You and know, that's all I kind of need it to be. And I hope that's what we get from it. Um, it's going to be one of those, you know, random movies that comes out when there's nothing really else out and you're like yeah i'll go see fucking dungeons and dragons sure i like chris pine (laughs) and then like you're like oh that was fun three out of five (laughs) that's all i needed exactly like (laughs) that's what i needed to be i don't need it to be anything more than that and i hope that's what i get from it um we got a teaser for uh Uh, John Wick chapter four. I know, Eric, you are not a huge John Wick guy, no, but Uh, I love
1: the opening sequence in John Wick chapter three. I thought that that was an incredible Buster Keaton, um, you know, high octane sequence that really was on par with any set piece that Mission Impossible did. Like, it felt like it brought something to the table in the action realm. And then, you know, it kind of slows down a little bit when, when, when he meets a Halle Halle Berry stuff, not that it's her fault. It's just like, like, you know, the movie does have to slow down. And when it slows down, you do feel, you know, the, the exhaustion, the way that you did, you know, post water rafting.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, I was very into this, you know, uh, I mean, it just looks like more John Wick, but I, I think they always, continuously try to be creative with their set pieces or their fights so uh you have donnie yen in there bill skarsgård shows up uh uh hiroki sonata is in there uh, who's in bullet train as well coming um, up and
1: was in mortal Kombat as scorpion Uh, clancy brown um, yeah
0: uh so i'm all for this and like you just i love the creativity in in the action sequences like they always kind of like much like mission impossible but in a very different way Need to up the ante in the sequences each time, so they always are finding weapons and and ways to use the gun foo in like really unique, cool ways. And you see kind of teases at that throughout. There's a awesome sequence with a, a bow and arrow of someone shooting someone right in the fucking face, like uh two feet from their head. You get uh Bill Skarsgård gets stabbed, and they're stabbing someone in the hand. You get um. A gun fu fight with Donnie Yen, and he has a katana, I think, and a um a gun. And they, because both of their suits are bulletproof, they're like just getting—it's basically like getting punched, but with a bullet. And it's just like bullet punch. Yeah, it's, it's like they're both just using their suits as a way to just take the bullet. So they're like it's armed, basically. Yeah, they're her. fighting and shooting each other, but blocking their face because their face is the only thing that is that. Will kill them, I guess. In this scenario, so you have Donnie Yen with a katana in one hand and a gun in the other, and same with John Wick, Keanu Reeves, and they're just shooting each other and then also swinging a katana, and it's so cool. It's just so cool, and like I, that's what I love about John Wick is just the ridiculousness of it. You remember the knife fight, you remember the horses, like you're mentioning in the opening sequence with the just that motorcycle horse chase and like all of that extended sequence. Um, you're getting more dogs attacking people in this. You're just getting more of gun fu and sword fighting and um, the bow and arrow sequence that I mentioned of someone getting shot right in the face from like a centimeter from their head. Um, I'm just, I'm all in for more John Wick. It's just like that again, all I needed is to be more of what I liked of the other movies. And I agree with you that it it was starting to become a little bit exhausting Um and especially when it slowed down in chapter three. So, but if they keep that high octane action throughout, I'm all in.
1: Yeah. And I think also like there's, there's a little bit of intrigue with this one because of where the third one left off is almost like a, a beat to be continued kind yeah. of thing where it's like, but it also could have ended where it's like the joke is John wick just can never die. Uh, which like if, if it ended on three, cause I think there's supposed to be a fifth one as well. Right. And there's the spin-off. Series that Anna Diarmas is working on right now with Emerald's uh, finale, and, and as a writer, um, and there was supposed to be the series as, as well. Yeah, so the like they're trying, yeah. they're trying to expand it, but so far they've only done these movies. And I think a part of why they work is because they're so simplistic. It's mm-hmm. just gunkata with Kiana Reeves and the idea of a man who literally keeps on going no matter what you throw at him it's yeah. one versus everyone and like that's always kind of been like its main sort of focus and yeah so with this it's like yeah like it's in that same vein now as the mission impossible movies where it's like okay how do we make this even bigger than the last one or how do we make it more challenging for the lead to get out of a situation where it's both like okay we know he can get out of it but at the same time we have to find a way that makes it look like okay he's still a human being you know Mm -hmm. and so that's always interesting and and yeah like i think like it's going to be a fun you know late winter early spring release and what have you and if it has one scene that's as good as that opening sequence in part three then like that's that's all i really worth it yeah yeah
0: A couple other non-Comic-Con trailers we got. So we got a full trailer for Don't Worry Darling, which was confirmed to be playing Venice. Uh, I still think it's incredibly stylish, looks uh, super entertaining. I think maybe this trailer gave away too much. So if you haven't watched it, I would say just avoid it. Uh, I haven't haven't watched watched it 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 yet. I would just not watch it if I were you. Um. I think we already kind of had an idea of what this movie was and I, I haven't strayed from that. Uh, uh, and I still think it's pretty obvious what it's about. I don't know if it's even trying to be like a big reveal or anything. It probably might be, but, um, I'm still pumped to see it. I think the cast is incredible. I love the vibe of it. Um, I love the unsettling nature of the entire thing. Um, so I'm all for it. I hope it plays Tiff. Uh, I know it's playing Venice, well, Venice uh,
1: announces their full lineup on uh, Tuesday, so July twenty sixth. Yeah. So, so
0: we'll cover that on the next episode. Next episode, Brian like,
1: Hancock's here; he can listen to yeah. us for like twenty minutes. Oh, about-
0: he he loves film film festivals and stuff yeah. too, and he'll want to know what's coming to TIFF. So, um, which we'll get to in a second. But um, there were there was an article on one of the trades, Variety or Deadline or or something, that did say like, here is what what is probably going to be playing that was variety and that
1: was that was weird because that article kind of felt like at least the headlines and and again it's all clickbait kind of stuff but it felt like it was like here are the films that are playing it's not like these are the films that will probably play like it almost felt like it was But then olivia
0: wilde did share it right so like it is like i'm sure
1: there's there's truth in that like it's like it's like some of it is very obvious where it's like okay yeah like i can see you know darren aronofsky's the whale playing or paul schrader's master gardener because he's going to be given an award at the at the festival um i mean like you kind of have to look at like how things for best facebook posts (laughs) oh god he does have (laughs) sometimes they're just like paul nobody asked you please keep that to yourself and then sometimes he's at a taylor swift concert and it's like good for you man um So, like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the movies that are going to be playing this fall festival season, you know, like the ones that either have already played at Cannes or Sundance that are kind of getting their second wind will be at some of these festivals and they probably won't be announced until the full lineups because nobody wants to announce anything that, you know, everybody wants the premiere movie, right? Like everybody wants to be like, this is where this movie played first. This is where Dear dear Evan Hansen (laughs) played first. I saw it first. (laughs) Exactly. And so like, that's kind of been his strategy in a way this year. They're kind of almost doing not quite because Telluride doesn't announce their stuff until like the you know the couple of days beforehand or the weekend before. But Tiff's strategy this year has been just really fascinating, where it's like they're savoring every announcement up until dropping everything. So, you know, it's like we've gotten bros, we've gotten brother, we've gotten you know Glass Onion and and uh movies like that. And so now.
0: Good segue, Eric. It's ready for... I was. We were going to talk about Halloween ends. Anyways, it looks like more Halloween. Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, let's get into TIFF Talk 2022. TIFF Talk yes. 2022. Uh, the big one, Eric. Sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to... No, sure no, no, I, no, no. But, that, but that's where for. I
1: was segueing to. Uh,
0: we got a big one this week. So yeah, Eric, you put it uh, perfectly that TIFF has been doing this interesting strategy uh, where they've been announcing one or two movies per week in individual press releases. And we got a huge one this week. It was teased by Barry Hertz. Uh, some people guessed what it was going to be. I even had a... Uh, the thing, I'm like, if it's one thing, it's probably going to be this.
1: Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile. That's what I <laughs> thought.
0: I did. Um, wouldn't be surprised if that actually does show up. Um, yep. uh, Steven Spielberg is coming to TIFF. For a world premiere of The Fablemans. Uh, Eric, did you think you would see the day with Steven Spielberg taking a movie to TIFF?
1: Well, I mean, this is also something we should clarify. This is a Spiel- Steven Spielberg directed film. Spielberg sure. has had movies play at sure. multiple festivals in the past. Uh, whether it be a, a producer, executive producer. or you I'm know, talking
0: a movie he directed. Yes, first time yes. at the toronto international film festival
1: this is a huge huge, huge get. deal like like, yeah. like this is this this truly is the the film that tiff needed i think in the last couple of years kind of going the hybrid route which i think was the smart and safe way to go but because there were so many challenges there with you know, with just getting into Ontario internationally speaking and, and so with that Tiff had to basically let go of a lot of potential premieres and movies that distributors wanted only to play theatrically or in, yeah. in theaters. So this year and that this announcement, and I think bros as well and I think Glass Onion are 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 movies where um, yeah. Tiff is saying
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're back. And we are, you know, we, we are really going to put our foot down here and say For this we, festival. This yeah, version, because yeah. if they're getting the Fablemans and it is the premiere, there are probably people now that were like, you know what, I, I'll, Tiff is great and everything, but I'll go to Telluride instead, or I'll wait yeah. until New York. Well, now, because of this one mm. movie, people are going to reconsider. <laughs> like, I, I really do think so.
0: And I think it'll be the hardest ticket to get during the yeah. festival. Uh, and it's, it, it's bonkers. It's really bonkers to me. Like it really caught me off guard. Even though after Barry Hertz tweeted that I was like, oh, he's probably talking about Spielberg, but really? <laughs> and then you're like, like, I know I made the Lyle, Lyle crocodile joke, but like still watch it happen. It's going to play the festival. What well, has Sean
1: Mendez is um, the voice of Lyle It's going to play. It's, it's,
0: it's playing. I made a joke. It's not going to be the opener. Like I said, but like it, it will play, um, probably going to be better than, um, uh, uh dear Evan Hansen but um what yeah is it? <laughs> I think this is this is gigantic really it's probably the world's most famous film director right one of the the greatest of all times one of the goats um bringing a movie to TIFF for the first time as a world premiere so it's not like oh it played Venice oh it played telluride like you said and then it's also coming to tiff as a north american or or canadian premiere or something like that like it is the world premiere of a steven spielberg movie about a semi autobiographical movie about his childhood um and i think like with the you know it's got all the Spielberg things, John Williams score. It's like, it's uh Kaminsky doing the cinematography. Right. And like, yep. it's just, it's, it's gigantic. You got Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, more, uh, 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 David Lynch. Oh yeah. David Lynch is in it. Oh my God. Is he here? Here's the thing, Eric, you know, that secret David Lynch movie that's been rumored might be part of the Venice lineup. Um, like if he's already coming for the fable um okay uh could happen uh i can't wait man like it's it's shaping up to be like a huge year for tiff and i feel like with this being announced like anything anything's on the table anything's on the table well it
1: also shows you like with both the fablemans and bros that they really have a, a, good a good relationship, relationship. with yeah. Universal, and right dear Evan now.
0: Hansen, last year, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's almost like we're sorry one for you, dear Evan Hansen. We'll give you, we'll give you the Fablemans this year. um But then, even with Netflix, you know, they have a really yeah. good relationship, and and I mean, they've they, they've had a very strong relationship with Netflix and been, uh, you know, inviting since the beginning. Like, it's not like can where it's like you can't play because you're not gonna be in theaters for this amount of time. Um, but yeah, the Fablemans is one of those movies where this is truly a once in a lifetime opportunity and for Spielberg to choose TIFF this is going to help you know the 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 Toronto film scene in a huge way because it's going to attract a lot of attention it's going to have a lot of eyes on it it's going to make a lot of money for you know people buying tickets and who weren't maybe who were waffling you know like it's like one of those things again this this festival this year might be defined by the Fablemans. It might be the Spielberg year, the mm-hmm. year Spielberg came to TIFF. Mm-hmm. You know, because this is this is a first as as a director. He's never he's never had one of his movies play uh, at this festival. So for that to happen adds another layer of legitimacy and respect to TIFF for what they've been doing in the last couple of years. And like, they've had some problems obviously with like the power of the dog, you know, being pirated and things like that. But I think with this announcement, it reassures a lot of people as well that like, okay, we do have some big movies coming up because people were questioning that sort of, you know, one or two release a week strategy and thinking like, oh, does Tiff not really have much going on this year well it's like no they do it's just like you know they're they're tempering expectations with okay we'll release a couple smaller films and give them the spotlight and we'll still release you know these bigger movies that everybody's excited for um so yeah with the fablemans i think that has become everybody's number one mm. ticket for the festival now even though real we don't know the see. full lineup yeah, yeah.
0: It's gonna be real hard to see it <laughs> like we'll
1: definitely like try to go to the the P and I screening will definitely, I might
0: even try to go to the premiere. Like, I think that yeah. like Spielberg's one of those guys that like, I don't stay for many Q and A's or, or want to go to many. Like I like going to public showings at TIFF. I do think it's fun. Well,
1: if David um, Lynch is there, I'm, I'm totally in.
0: That's what I mean too, man. And if that secret film is real and he's bringing it to Venice and he is coming to TIFF for this, just saying, um, you never know. But like the Spielberg thing is gigantic on the DL, um,
1: the David Lynch
0: yeah um and i it just it leaves everything on the table to me because like i feel like you know spielberg he had, he took like lincoln to new york didn't he or you said afi or afi we all, a- yeah. a- a-
1: so usually his stuff does open like more recently his stuff opens either from october into december so a yeah. lot of his movies if they do play a festival it's it's usually afi because it's kind of the last big prestigious one it takes place in la um you know like he, he doesn't usually he's he's not he doesn't need to be a festival guy and and no. i think he's always been smart with like or or consider it because like he's like guys you don't need to have me at the festival even though people want his movies at the festival because it takes away from other like the one of the big points of a film festival is to spotlight
0: yeah. you
1: know up-and-coming talent breakthrough filmmakers filmmakers that are Of a tour status but maybe don't have the the recognition or name brand that a spielberg does you know scorsese and spielberg can can do that they could do that every time they have a movie come out yeah but they don't have to where someone like like darren aronofsky for example even though we know who he is he's not like a household name yeah no and and having that buzz or that that cachet of playing at a festival and being acclaimed helps you know totally
0: but then i think spielberg coming does help those other movies too to your point of mm. it being and the like, festival as a whole yeah so i i i really do think it is a good get and a good thing like i think if something else is premiering around it or or you know things like that like i think it does really really help so yeah the universal uh tiff relationship is, is has been growing in recent years so i wouldn't be surprised if you get other like focus features movies too like armageddon time and uh, I don't know what else focus. Tar, has, which but, is Todd yeah. Field's
1: movie, which I'm really yeah. excited about, his first film since 2006 <clears> with the Little Women wow. or Little Children. Pardon me, Sorry, yeah. his little his Little Women yeah. movie would be really dark and weird, but Little <laughs> Children, which is also a yeah. great film, um, which we didn't even talk about in our our most anticipated films of of this yeah. year. So I almost
0: forgot. Um, yeah, I um, it should be an interesting festival, man. And I wonder now that they've like. Will they put out a press release with more? Are they going to continue to do this? This is something we speculated like in in our previous ones of like this felt like a big one that deserved its own press release <laughs> yeah um I'm surprised it's not the opener or something like that like it
1: it like no I'm, the judge is the opener,
0: yeah, and uh again, anything can happen now like if
1: if they're going this big like or maybe this is going to be the biggest thing but but it uh, shows the other studios that maybe they're still in negotiations with with some of their films it's like oh you know what we were thinking about having our film premiere at Venice or Telluride but then they see this come out and they're like well could go the other way though too of
0: being like that's going to be the thing people are talking about maybe we don't want to be second right it'll it'll overshadow it we don't want to be oh the Fablemans was there but also whatever um was there too right so uh it's, i can't wait to see what else is going to be there so um this was a big one i know i was one of those people that were like okay yeah these weekly announcements like some of the movies yeah i i appreciate you putting a spotlight on smaller movies and things like that but it's not stuff that's getting me getting me going per se about tiff uh they're movies i want to see and i will check out at the festival and i love seeing you know stuff from up and coming filmmakers or smaller movies or even Canadian stuff and, and all that stuff. Or from the
1: we're set the cool.
0: Yeah. Like I love mixing in a mix of big movies, little movies and everything in between, right? Like that's one of the fun parts of TIFF. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, it ends up being like you see 40 movies and 10 of them were really great and are good. And, and a lot of it ends up
1: being like, ah, oh, that didn't really vibe with me. But, um, but at least you give something a try. I think yeah. that is so important when it comes to the film festivals in general. And we've mm-hmm. talked about this plenty of times where it's it's a time of year where it's like, yeah, there's going to be high profile movies and things like that, like the Fablemans and, and we're both really excited for it. But it's also a time to allow yourself to take a chance on something. And even if you don't end up liking it or hating it, at least you gave – yeah, something a chance and we're willing to discover a different way of filmmaking and and a different a voice that's coming through and, and 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 from different parts of the world like i think that's the other thing that we always kind of take for granted or don't understand that like filmmaking isn't just a north american thing <laughs> yeah and like you know like yes there are subtitles but like that's a part of the world like i want to see Films from, you know, Iran and Italy and Romania and and all around the world and and you know like this is this this these two weeks are that opportunity to allow yourself to watch something that you wouldn't otherwise see and if you only watch the populist stuff, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm as excited for all of this too. You're just doing yourself a disservice. And I think you need to open yourself, especially when, you know, we're, we're doing something like this as a podcast, you need to know your audience, obviously, but you also need to be open-minded to talking about something. Even if you, you're scared that you might come off as ignorant, you still need to open your mind and have totally. a new experience.
0: It's when I, cause like I can be the more populist,
1: you know but you you go fighting. and see memoria like that's the thing though like you you are still like you do not give your matt you do not give yourself enough credit for trying oh you know, i do you yeah. try I, new things
0: there's certain things I, I think like any all people who love movies should just mix it up a little bit like and you can still stay within your wheelhouse and still review the things and or you don't even not even professionally i just think people who like movies is like yeah, just once in a while, go try that other thing. And I think a film festival is a good way to do that, right? Because you have, it's easier access to this stuff because I feel like I'm guilty of it too. If you don't go see it in theaters then maybe you don't watch it at home. And then a lot of these movies won't get theatrical releases around you or, or things like that. So a festival, if you're coming to the festival to see the new Knives Out movie or the new Steven Spielberg movie is like, if you're coming to a festival Sprinkle in a couple other things that are random or maybe from a filmmaker you've heard of, but you've never seen one of their movies. And like, that's how I got introduced to a lot of these, uh, you know, different filmmakers that, you know, like you keep bringing up Memoria or Memoria, but like uh, had tried, uh, like look yeah, at something yeah, the like that tribe rules, man, it rules. So like, yeah, just see other things, hear what other people are talking about and, and go, oh, this movie was really good. Even if it's by someone you have no idea who they are, like, go check it out. And that's why Tiff rules, man can't wait i wouldn't be surprised if Fablemans now shows up at other festivals too like it could be like the centerpiece at new york as well or um or another festival but um, yeah
1: i would say new york would unless like it's it it plays and then telluride has it like afterwards but i i don't know Telluride's
0: always before so there's no way well they
1: overlap right like that's the thing so like telluride kind of either is usually right before tiff begins i
0: thought it was always the long weekend so it ended right before
1: oh okay or maybe in past years there's been some overlap because i always thought that it was venice i always thought there was overlap well venice starts at the end of august right like venice usually starts at the end of august and then goes into the beginning of september and almost like ends right as tiff is beginning and so like that's why you get things that will will overlap programming wise so like this year probably like something like luca guadagnino's you know bones and all will probably end up playing you know at least one north american festival so uh, in addition to venice
0: oh no this is the 78th i need the 79th august 31st to september 10th so there's only the 8th 9th and 10th are are overlap yeah for uh venice and then telluride I'm Googling it now. Festival Goggle
1: 2022 it. The Walton is,
0: goggling, is, it? is uh, September 2nd to the 5th. So Telluride is before.
1: Okay. Um, and it's shorter too. Yeah, so. it's only like a couple days long. So they will yeah. not be getting the Fablemans. But the, I would not be surprised if the Fablemans does play New York afterwards. And it'll mm. be an American – premiere
0: yeah Yeah. which is new york is fine with doing that they've done that before it's still they don't
1: care they love sloppy seconds um
0: yes exactly (laughs) Um...
1: but they also do get some stuff like like apple has been really good with them in the last few years with the tragedy of Macbeth and on the rock so if killers of the flower moon is does show up
0: somewhere yeah
1: i mean martin scorsese is a new yorker so you know it'd be either that or afi um if it does play a festival
0: yeah i'm excited man it's getting close we're almost in august like i know where does the time go man i don't know we're gonna like i'm wondering too inside baseball stuff like eric and i usually screen stuff in august at least in previous years the 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 covid era not so much right but now that stuff is is coming back will we screen some of this stuff beforehand which is exciting but we're still trying to figure out too what we're going to do uh you guys let us know like i know people liked when we did the on the go kind of like we recorded on our phones and did the recaps or recorded on the streets for stuff we like did that. that and like yeah i had to do that shit man and like i remember editing on one of the TIFF press computers in the press lounge or whatever, because I didn't have a laptop at the time that could do this shit. So um, it should be, what's going to be really cool is if Apple gets their shit together and um, it's always around TIFF when this happens, the new iPhones come out and the new updates come out on the phone. And I know they have that, continuity camera where you can use your phone as your camera on your Mac and there's like a connector that you can put on top of a laptop. So like if we can get this set up where we just set up in front of like a fucking McDonald's or something and like eat did egg McMuffin and review some movies like on the go it should be interesting. But I just remember uh, that
1: last day when we reviewed cuz we would usually review like stuff like the next day um based on the the day before and I remember that last day when like we were both so out of it and like we were reviewing Ford v Ferrari and uh Terrence Malick's The Hidden Life and, and things like yeah. that. And like you're just like thinking to yourself, like, where am I? So it'll be fun again to be like, like seeing Matt and Eric kind of become more and more, you know, out of touch with reality. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. See our descent into madness this September 8th to the 18th. Uh, that's going to wrap this episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast. A nice beefy boy for you guys. Um, uh, we're back, We're back, baby. Uh, we're trying to do this weekly. I think we're going to stick to that. It's, it's always fun. This was a big one because of Comic-Con and things like that. Uh, but go check out our other stuff. We have reviews right now up for uh, Jordan Peele's Nope. We had a wonderful review and spoiler cast the first 15 minutes or so are spoiler free and then we go into like almost an hour long of spoiler conversation uh, eric's brother kyle joined us for that um was a special k
1: as i call it
0: was a great great conversation uh speaking of marvel they might be coming back for secret wars they've been teasing it uh we reviewed their terrible movie the grayman um so go check <laughs> that Russo out brothers man. and marvel thor love and thunder review and spoiler cast up for you guys to check out uh do last... we
1: mention the the nice guys in all three of them you'll have to listen I... to find out
0: <laughs> we absolutely do um one stop shop for everything just head over to letterboxd which is untitled underscore uh movies uh, over there we put all our links out our reviews all that jazz <laughs> Uh, As always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com, and you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck.
1: And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash Scene, and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Modoc and Morbius 2025. Let's make it happen.